Hey, what's up? Joey here from the Jungle Brothers. Welcome to the show. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to give you an update on the Jungle Alliance Coaches Intensive. Now, this is the course where we teach all of the essential skill sets that any coach who wishes to be world-class needs to know. So that is everything from effective communication, public speaking, class management, injury management, and the like, through to the business aspects such as sales, marketing, and how to run a successful PT business. So this course is actually the gatekeeper to the Jungle Alliance. So if you are interested in joining the Alliance, this is the course where you would start with. Now it's a two-day course. Uh, we actually had the last one booked for last month, for August. Of course, we're in lockdown here in Sydney, so the course wasn't able to go ahead. The next one, we haven't set a date for it yet because we're not sure when the lockdown's gonna end. However, I wanted to let you know, we will be doing one hopefully sometime this year. We're looking at around uh, mid to late November. So if you are interested, please register that interest with us now because we do have a list of people that are already quite keen and the course does fill up pretty quick. If you want more information about it or if you do want to register, contact us at junglebrothers.com. Just send an email through the, uh, through the contact form there and I'll get in touch with you myself to have a chat about it. And if you're interested, we can get you signed up. Now, for today's episode, the OG listeners are going to love this one. We've actually got Tiora back on the show. Uh, for anyone who's listened to this show for any length of time, Tiora is one of the founding brothers, the Jungle Brothers, myself, T and Paul. This show, this gym was built around us. Uh, but T took off north. He took up up to uh, northern New South Wales around four months ago. And so he hasn't been on the show over that time. He's been finding his feet, getting his home settled, uh, getting his kids in school, getting the gym set up. It's been a bunch of stuff to do. So uh, it was really cool to finally get him back on the show. We made a bit of an event of it for this one. We grabbed a few drinks. Uh, we grabbed some nibbles. We all hooked up online, obviously, coming in from our respective locations. Uh, but we did it at night because we don't normally like to get drunk in the middle of the day. So uh, we recorded later at night. It, we had a little bit more of an open schedule about it. I think the show goes for about two and a half hours or so. So it's a, it's a pretty long one for us. In it, we're really detailing T's journey from when he left Sydney um, through to where he is now. And he's actually recording today's episode from the, his, his new gym floor. So he's in the location. It's not set up yet. It's being set up as we speak. Um, I, think he, I don't think he has internet at home just yet. Uh, so he, he had to go down to, to the space to record, but it's quite cool. We got to detail the whole journey. There's some hilarious moments in there. There's a bunch of fuck ups. Um, there's a bunch of victories. And uh, like any time we get together and have a chat, there's obviously a bunch of good banter. Um, and then we talk a bit about the business stuff and some of the personal things between T, Paul and myself and just how uh, the nature of how we work together has changed. Um, we like to tell our story. We think that it holds a lot of value for anyone who's in business or um, sort of carving their own path in whatever they're doing. So we really got into it in this one. A um, couple of beers, a little bit of whiskey. Uh, it was great. It was really enjoyable. It was great to get T back on the show and he has committed to coming back onto the show at least once a month. So you will be hearing more from him over time. Um, enjoy today's episode. If you if you like it and it resonates with you, please share it with a friend. It's a really cool way for you uh, to help support what we do. Anyhow, let's jump into the show. I really do hope you enjoy this one. We had a good time making it. Um, very bumpy start, extremely awkward. I considered chopping it off, but then I thought, no, you're probably going to enjoy hearing us kind of fumble a little bit um, as Tiora tries to find the optimal way to speak into his phone or his computer or whichever of the two had more battery at the time. Um, 
Enjoy, guys. On to the show. Take this moment to formally welcome to your award back to the Jungle Brothers podcast. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> T-Bone, you there, mate? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can. Oh, by me? No, yeah. Sorry. Hi, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> T-Bone, can you hear us all right? Yes. Yeah? Well, it's been about four months since you've been on the show. Do you remember how it goes? Yeah, well, I was actually, um, I've been prepping for this one. I've got, uh, got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. But yeah, I remember. I'm never short of a conversation, Joe. Well, the, the, the airspace hasn't quite been the same without you. However, Paul and I are ready for your four months worth of preparation for today to be the big presentation. What's, um, you're down in your, your new gym space right now, huh? Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I just signed the, signed the lease on a new space. Woohoo! Yesterday, which was awesome um, and really exciting. And it's taken a little bit of time. I think I've been gone for, uh, from Sydney for about... Has it been five months? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, five, not even five and a half months. Just over five. Fuck, that's a long time. That is Jesus. a long time. Uh, uh. I didn't realize it was that long. I thought it was like three. I know. Well, that's what I thought. I had to look it up for a reason. And there it was. I was like, shit, time flies. And we actually haven't caught up the three of us. So, not, not the three of us, really. Not for a beer anyway, which is what we're doing tonight. No, Sinking some piss. Yeah, that's right. We've really only had a couple of, we've had some business meetings in that time. But tonight we're getting boozed. I'm drinking Mind Harvest. <laughs> Colossal <laughs> Brewing. I actually wanted to be drinking Mother Madness from the Wandana Brewery, which is, which is just down the road from, uh, from my house. <laughs> Are you putting that out Mother there to try madness. to get them as a bit of a collaborator? With your new gym, is like a oh, I fucking love that and a thing an effort. But definitely, definitely missing um, the one drop brewery. There's there's no there's no brewery around this new gym. I'm hoping someone takes initiative and, and builds one. But uh, one down is the closest I got, which is in Mullum. But Mullum Madness was actually a strain of marijuana that was grown in in Mullum Bimbi in the seventies in like bulk. So they, and then they um, ended up flying choppers over the top and finding all these plantations that I think a bunch of bikies were growing it or something. But it's supposed, it was supposedly one of the best strains of marijuana you could buy in Australia for its time. You were telling me before that you couldn't even organise a joint for today, that there's no weed <laughs> in your area. It's, it's dry up here. Quite frankly, that's a little bit disappointing coming from the Northern Rivers. Ah, strange. I think lockdown just kind of like everyone thought, oh, I'm going to hold on to my stash. Ollie, what are you drinking? I got the one drop. I've got a, I've got a hazy IPA tea for your visual pleasure. Oh, I love it. Yep. How awesome are their cans? 
Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. They bring in um, all sorts of artists to pair along with their fun and crazy Willy Wonka-esque recipes. Um, yeah, they've got, they've got good stuff for sure. And Clay's a legend. Shout yeah, out to Big Clay. Big Clay. T-Bone, can you try turning your phone the other way so that the screen's facing you? Oh, wait, it was. Sorry, that's the back of it. Oh, there's me. No, yeah, that doesn't work. That's not a POV. <laughs> Go, talk there. Hello. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've just seen if we could get your sound quality better. Hello, hello, hello. Um, <clears throat> gents, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. T sent a huge email talking with a list of all the things he wanted to go through. But I don't think it would be fair for us to talk about anything, to, to kick off with anything other than you two having a little bit of beef in the last 48 hours. <laughs> oh, it wasn't beef. It's beef. It's beef. Beef needs to be cleared. The air needs to be cleared. Reset there's time. always there's always beef between one of the two, two of the three of us at any one time. Yeah, that's the beauty of third partner. As soon as you make up with one, you can start going to war with the other. <laughs> well, you know, we spoke about it. I spoke to Joe earlier. I rang him up about something else to do with. Um, I needed to get him to help us with the platform and blah, blah, blah. But it ended up talking about it. But we spoke and, um, yeah, we don't speak enough. That's, that's part of the problem. I think that's what we got to in our call the other day. Was it yesterday? Yeah. We don't see each other enough, so it's hard to know what the other person is actually doing on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis. And, I mean, that's part of the freaking mechanics of it now where you two are, are both working together. Um, and I'm working with Dills on the other front. Um, so I think that's just, that's part of like the reasons why, well, it's communication. Yeah, communication and, and, you know, there's been a change of, of, um, uh, communicative structure. We used to, we used to catch up once a week and now I only see you once a month. And I see Joe once a week, um, but I don't. Um, I don't get to see enough of you. I used to smell you every day. Yeah, we used to work shoulder to shoulder all day round. I think and into was, the night. Yeah, I think like there were, and even not talking, like you just you'd be doing. Yeah, you know, there's days that had passed where you wouldn't necessarily have to chat all that much, but you would see the other person there, and there'd be little interactions. So even if we meet formally now, those sort of day-to-day sort of minute-to-minute interactions are no longer there. Paulie and I sometimes, obviously not through lockdown, but yeah. I think it would be safe to say that most conflicts come from a breakdown in communication. Or from lines breakdown. Um, it's just one of those things that it's really easy to put aside and think, okay, I need to save time in a certain area and to do that I've got to stop you know having certain exchanges or meetings or talks with people but then you've kind of pushed too far in one direction and then before you know it you're a bit isolated and then you, you only have your your 
presumptions, you know, you can only presume what's happening on the other side, you know, and now that our business is, is growing and I'm in a, you know, I'm on the other side of the state um, and Paul's got a, a full schedule taking on heading the, the um, botany, a fully functioning, you know, monster of a, of a space. Um, we're also in two really different places. You know, I'm starting again, a new, a new gym and a new space, and it's just different, uh, a different environment. And because of that, things are working at a different pace. You know, when botany's pumping, I could be twid twiddling my fingers, and when, when I'm like, okay, I gotta put the foot down, you know, botany's in lockdown and you don't, it's very difficult to, to have any kind of empathy for what the other side of the, the business is doing in a way, like you're not in that, those, that person's shoes, so it's hard to, unless you're communicating on a regular basis, it's hard to, hard to get an idea of exactly what is going on, you know. So we came to the conclusion that we just need to, need to talk more. Pretty much. We were, we were just yelling at each other. Not like, fuck you, yelling. It was more just like, fuck bro. <laughs> and then we came to the conclusion that, yeah, no, we bro, actually no, need to. to no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. No, my family. <laughs> 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 yeah, we were both talking at each other. And then yeah. that's when you're kind of waiting for your turn to talk. And then at the end, we're like, all right, okay, we probably just need to talk more. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's also yeah, what we're going to do. I just got to make time for that um, because it is a really. I think important... I'm just going to call you. Well, that's what I think too. Like even little things. Random. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I think that works really well for us because it's, then it's just, it's nice, it's easy conversation and it's a fill in and, you know. Maybe I should just send you videos, little little sneaky videos of me. Oh, just little little fun ones. Damn. As has been doing that with all the coaches and with his clients. He's uh he just sends little WhatsApps or in someone's Insta message, and it's just like anything <laughs> stupid. He's just doing things with accents, and it's literally just to make people laugh um, and lighten up and keep a connection with people over COVID lockdown. Maybe I'll just send you like me training or something like that that would that would me definitely flexing. inspire me because <laughs> i'm actually doing none at the moment my training is so fucking pathetically well that's why i said that because you told me that oh yeah been... it's not, not in a good state it's actually the worst it's ever been for me ever today i trained for half an hour and it was like with the ladder and some fucking Matt, which everyone's going through in Sydney for the last however many months. But I was just so uninspired to do anything. And I've been sitting a lot because I've got to drive and I've got to sit at the computer and organise stuff. And I've just turned into like sore, like my shoulder's sore, my back is sore, my knee is sore, everything feels weak. And it's only been like that probably the last two months actually when things started to really ramp up. In all the other areas, I'm just finding excuses not to get my training in. So, um, <laughs> making changes to that now. Now, once I build a gym, I can't escape it. You know, I need that. 
it was so easy to get inspired at Botany because you walk in and, you know, there's so many people just well, that's pushing part of it. That's you a just huge... kind of just get dragged along with the, with the <clears> tide, <throat> you know? Mm, yeah. And so many yeah. fun people to train with. It's such a big social event. But um, right now I have to either try and get up at 5.30 in the morning to train with Pavel, who trains every morning for the together moment. He trains at no, 5.30? No day off. Yeah, 5.30, 5 a.m. Oh, He's an animal. God. But he, and it's like freezing outside. I'm in, I'm in a rainforest, so, and he's just out there in the cold, just smashing sets of everything. Made of granite. <laughs> ah, fucking kid. Inside mindset and body. It's quite amazing. That's uh, cool. Yeah. But I, yeah, I started with him and then I just couldn't keep up. I got my son, he's still not sleeping through. As well, that's my excuse that I use. Oh, son's not sleeping through. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I'm just scared of going out into the cold and moist air to train. <laughs> still, still climatizing. Still climatizing so, from five and a half so, months later. It's so like humid and cold, that's that combination to shit. Like to, to train and you know what I mean? You're like, to try and get inspired to get out there and get amongst it, you're like, oh, oh man, that's tough. Especially when it's yeah. warm and dry inside, you know? Yeah, well, you've got a lot of stuff going on right now. I would argue. So we should go back to when I, just before I left. We started, uh, we had a party. Got a big going away party. The oh, week one before drop. I left. That one? One drop and then we went to, we went out, out. Oh, fuck, we did. To, um, tool shed? What was it called? Tool shed. <laughs> We went to Universal. It's called the Rectum. Universal. It? Universal. That's right. <laughs> this is awesome. What a night. Fun night, actually. I think everyone did. When I got home, what time did you get home? I did the back door. I, I, I kind of, I think I got home at like sort of one thirty. That's early. Well, it is because I, I did last man standing the last couple of gigs. So I was yeah. like. On this one, I, I snuck away. I got home about 5, 6 a.m. You, you always do. In bets and um, stayed at my house. Was it, well, just, I had to face it was it just the two of you there? This was before lockdown. No, there are a few others. There are a few others. There was probably four or five of us left, and then we all left together. But yeah, <clears throat> and then um, and then we had the week of training after that. Where the whole, pretty much every coach in the gym was was shady, and coming off a pretty heavy hangover, which That's was awesome. Right. And half our members as well, and that was just saying goodbye to everyone. Um, I said goodbye to. It was kind of weird because it felt like I was. Felt like I was going off to, to die or something. Every <laughs> <laughs> I'd speak to someone, they'd like start tearing up on me. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking like, I don't know, I'm not that far away. Or, you know, to Byron, it's not that far. But, you know, it was really nice to get, um, just to have some beautiful conversations with people that 
were close to me for are close to me for such a long time. You don't realize how much of a bond you build when you're training some with someone, you know, five years, seven years, whatever it is. And you don't actually, you use day to day talk, but it's not until you kind of, you know, you're not going to see them for quite some time where you start to, it's either that or the Christmas party where people start to open up, you know? Yeah. And tell you, you know, how much JB's has made a, a, a difference to their life and the training and the, the, the community and all that kind of stuff, you know? So that was an emotional week for me, saying goodbye to everyone, you guys. Um, I hate goodbyes, though. Oh, goodbyes man. are tough. Yeah, I know. That's why people ghost it, you know, because, yeah, it's just easier sometimes. Oh. I it's mean, it's no, not I, like um, you're not going to see us all again. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. But it was still, I, that's why I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to see everyone in a couple of months. I did, we didn't know lockdown was going to kick in and then last for fucking half a year. So I'm like, I'm going to get up there in two months' time. Everyone's just going to continue to come up bit by bit, you know. But um, I didn't think it would be as emotional as it was. But it was, it was actually, um, yeah, it was really, I felt like I, the whole time I was just holding in, wanting to cry. And then um, when I decided to, when we, when we packed out, because we bought our property up in, in, in Maynam. And then I thought, okay, fuck, do I take a, do I take a truck? Uh, do, I, do, do I get a removalist or do I hire a truck and just pack a truck myself? And I'm thinking, man, we're going to get most of our stuff up there anyway, get rid of all the old shit that we got. I'll just rent a truck and it should be sweet. So anyway, I rent a truck. This was coming off that week, the, the weekend before. So I was still like trying to recover from that big, big weekend. And then um, I go to pick this truck up and somehow I ordered a truck that was, I thought I had an eight tonner, but it was actually a three tonner. Three tonner. I uh, could not believe it when I heard. Oh my God, bro. I had to get out of there <laughs> that day because the other the people that bought my joint were moving in the day after, you know what I mean? So it was like really quick turnover. And I'm like, fuck, I've got to get it out. And I didn't have enough time to order a bigger truck. So I just grabbed it and I said, fuck it, I'll take it back and see what we can do with it. And it was just myself and my wife. And my wife at that point was furious with me because I was obviously had the big night out and then I was just useless the whole week before our move and then wasn't around because I was wrapping everything up at the gym. And then she saw the truck and she's like, what the... <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, what the hell are we going to do? So anyway, I come around the corner and there's a full troop of legends that just turned up to the house to help me move. Thankfully, like I had Carl and Steph and Elise and the twins and Clarice and Ty and Nicole and my mum. And man, there was a, there's a, Marek turned up, there's a full, full crew. And, um, I turned up with the truck and they just looked at me and they're like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything in this, in this fucking house going to fit in there? So anyway, Ty jumps in and he's like just stacking it like a mad Rubik's cube. And we packed this thing so fucking tight. It was ridiculous. Wow. There was not one gap in it that was available for air at all. No air gaps. All the way up until when the doors shut, you could literally... It was just like a big collage of pieces of furniture 
all stacked in amongst each other in every single little nook and cranny and then the doors kind of shut and i was like oh okay <laughs> we're on the road my dad turns up and decides he'll help take uh, a ute up as well for any leftover stuff so i go ahead and the family jump in the ute and um i'm trying to drive up to main arm which is about it's probably about a 10 hour drive and this truck's like completely like over the limit oh sorry before i drive i said goodbye to everyone and then just as um just as um just as i was about uh, uh chat around a car he goes yeah we'll see you in like a week or two and then when he said that i just fucking burst out into tears <laughs> <laughs> I started sobbing. <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. I was like, oh, I need to save any of you guys. And then I got in the truck, drove off sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that part. It was fucking pathetic. It was, it was absolutely pathetic. I, I, I didn't even know how it triggered it. It was just build up, I think. You're usually a rock. Well, you know, Man, not, not emotionless, crazy. but. It was full waterworks. Oh, was, wow. I think I was just exhausted. <laughs> exhausted and, you know, just very grateful that all of these legends had turned up to help me, you know, without even me asking for it, you know. I was, I was shocked and, and just, like, just really humbled. It was great. Well, that's really anyway, continued on for you up there. Man, I drove this truck up and it was pulling to the side for like nine hours, just pulling to the left. And every time I try to creep up over 100 k's, this thing would just start like the whole truck would just start rattling and wobbling along the freeway because it was too top heavy. But it was definitely over over capacity. That is not safe. Oh, dude, it was. You've you've all done it. You've had that truck in the film industry that was like full of gear that you shouldn't have been driving. No, yes, you just call. Yeah, uh, and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit at 90 the whole trip, and just fight this thing pulling to the left, trying to pull me off the road, and then um, arrive way later than I thought I'd get there. So it was like really dark, and you know, when you have a look at a place and you got stars in your eyes, it's like, oh, this place is beautiful, and it's a rainforest, and we're gonna be living in a rainforest. Oh my gosh, we're living in a rainforest. And, and you're like, oh, so it's going to be so great. Anyway, I start driving across uh, these, there's 13 river crossings. And the first time I went out there, I didn't see one of them. But this time there'd been a heap of rain. So every time I crossed them, there was like, you have to drive through water, you know, like a decent amount in this little three tonner. So I'm like <laughs> driving through these river crossings and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's 13 river crossings, you know. Anyway, little snake kind of rattles past me and then I pull into the location and there's, it's just pitch black, not one single light anywhere, full star show, big mist sitting over the, the, the back forest and the creek, little house, wooden house, completely isolated, not a sound, no light. And at that point I looked around, I just thought, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck have I done? I brought my wife up to this, like, I've isolated her in the middle of nowhere and there's absolutely nothing out there. And 
and, I, and then I'm like fucking exhausted and I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to get the shit out of this van? Because we had to put it into one room in the house. I was given one room to unstack all of our kit because the guy who owned the joint still still lived there. And um, I'm like, you know, after this 10-hour drive, thinking, fuck, I've got to unload this, this Rubik's Cube. And then out of nowhere, there's like this angel that appears and there's Pavel who's just like parked up with the address and he's like, hey, T, how are you? At night, he was oh, there. God, so he was God. in the night. There he was. Yeah, he, he, oh, he, right. just, he, he popped up and he was just like, oh, you're a long way from the beach. <laughs> <laughs> he is your angel. Dude, it was like, it, he's been, he has been a guardian angel for me over, over the last five months. It's ridiculous how, you know, how this guy has just been like such a pillar for me, you know, mm. and just above and beyond. He doesn't need to do any of it, you know, I wouldn't change my, the way I view the guy in the slightest, but he's just been there from, from that day until today. You know what I mean? Just day in and day out, like through everything from, you know, my, my loan bouncing and having to refinance and, you know, settle 10 days too late all the way up to, you know, lease signing and finding this new business, business partner and all kinds of stuff. But he's been there the whole time, you know, and uh, what a legend. Yeah, it was amazing. He just came in and he's just a powerhouse. So he just can knock this thing over in like half an hour. We had that Rubik's cube packed into a one tiny room. Uh, with the same Rubik's Cube effect. <laughs> and then that was it. I headed up to mum's house after that. That that was everything? Your whole house was packed in? You met, you got it all into the three-tonner? Got it. Yeah, that and uh, and a ute load. Hmm. You didn't, it was a three-tonner. You didn't get a bigger truck? What's that? You just, it was a three-ton truck? Yeah, it was a three or five. It was a, maybe, I think it might have been a five. Five-tonner? five tonner that was supposed to be an eight tonner okay but it was packed with eight it tons was, yeah it was packed. <laughs> holy it shit was packed. yeah it was a, there, you blessed. know those little mini those mini he you know things the tiny ones yeah yeah it was one of them but yeah it was hectic. for folks who are but listening yeah, tell us because pavel was he had gone up there ahead of you sort of anticipating your arrival hadn't he yeah, Pavel joined our gym and he came on the podcast and joined our gym and we we're like, oh man, this guy's such an amazing like um, addition to our to our family. And then he, saw, he wrote this amazing email, um, just letting us know that he was um, resigning from the gym, which was very polite and dignified. And we were like, oh shit, we're losing him. And then I was like, oh no, we're going to lose him. And then I I called him up and said, "Hey man, like, um, I saw your email and I know that you're you're on the move. Um, I'm hoping that you keep keep us in mind when we move up to to um to the Northern Rivers." And he said, "Oh yeah, no, no, I'm coming up. I just want to beat you up there." And so he arrived three months earlier just to get himself established and settle. And um, so he's been up here nearly eight months. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you established for this. He's, he was a coach at the gym. Um, coach at the gym. Not just a, a member. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling coach. So, um, 
a very uh, a highly yeah and a, a lifelong competitor in wrestling and coaching right um yeah he was yep. he would only just kind of really settled in at the gym before he was going again but he always had that vision to go um and be elsewhere but he was attracted to us and what we did there and yeah when we first heard the news it was really sad to, to hear that he was going to go but I mean, it's all worked out. I mean, he was always going to be part of what we were doing somehow, but he needed to get out of out of Sydney. And I'm so glad that he's there with you, and you guys are doing what you do. Yeah, me too. So, when I left, you took on my role, Paul. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Mm, it's um, yeah. Like you well, said, it's been... It's when, been it, when T left, was it? Yeah. And I left too, officially, right? Yeah. So you took on both of our roles, like you and Dills. Yeah, between Dill and I. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a tricky few months for sure because we were just trying to make the adjustment, just adjusting. Um, so, yeah, adjusting took, took some time. But I was always up for the challenge. I thought it was, this was going to be really cool. Um, we'd learn a lot from it, and we have. Um, I've, I, I, I knew that I'd enjoy it once I kind of adjusted to it and kind of knew where all the new roles and expectations lay and figured out how I was going to approach it myself. And, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, as, as, as you knew when you were leaving and when you both, both left, it was always going to open up opportunities not just for me but for, for Dylan to step into things and other coaches to step into other areas and for the gym just to kind of like evolve slightly and um yeah it's done all those things it's been really really awesome I mean COVID's been and COVID lockdown here in, in Sydney has been the dominant thing for the last few months we're in I'm not sure 12 week 11 or 12 or something like that um but before we went into lockdown we we had a really good a really good run of, of just, yeah, running the place, just, just the two, two of us plus the coaching team, of course. Um, and, you know, we, we've enjoyed every moment of it and we think we've done a good job and we're, we're actually, COVID is, is fine. Like we're optimistic about the whole thing, but it's been frustrating because we've been wanting to grow on kind of our new formation um, since we started. Like we got settled in and now we've got these plans and things that we want to, kind of just continue the evolution of the gym in Botany because it was always an evolving thing. We were always doing something every year. We would have done something new every year or one or a few significant things a year. And, um, yeah, like we're still planning. We're still doing those things. And coming into next year, we'll be, we'll be re well out of lockdown soon into summer. We will be busting out of the gates. But, you know, you, you guys have been missed for sure. Um, and and that's not just by by me personally having you guys literally on the other side of the room just about something off or just missed from a from a social friendship point of view as well as the, the members you know they they miss you too but um i guess that's just part of evolving isn't it you know for all those things that we've lost i'm so grateful for those things um because it's allowed us to you know to change and learn new things, etc. How, yeah, how have you seen it? 
there was a there was a couple of sort of main catalysts for it that I probably important to mention, but one was the to ease the financial burden of all of us getting paid by the gym, which was damages taken during the last lockdown, put the business into a financial situation that wasn't, I guess you'd say it wasn't favorable. So it was, it was good that, you know, that TT was already leaving, but then T floated the idea, Hey, I'm going to go soon, not right away, but why don't I stop getting paid by the business? And while I'm doing it, why don't, why doesn't Joe also step out so we can free up that money mm. uh, um, and allow us to work on other things relevant to, we can talk about it after, um, but also to give the, all of the amazing coaches and shit that are there in the place an opportunity to step into new roles. Because really we were like, it was kind of top heavy at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how T put it. It was top heavy and it was a great observation. We, it was actually in our timeline to do this. Um, you know, we got Dylan on, 18 months now, it's probably about 19, 20 months ago. And that was the whole idea was that this changing of guards and this moving on would eventually happen. We just got comfortable somewhere in the middle. And we got, we got, we got slowed down a little bit by the first lockdown, etc. And And yet yeah, T was going, he was like, well, I may as well go now and you may as well go as well. And it was, it was like a good opportunity to just, it was a catalyst to go, oh, well, let's, we actually need you to go because you've always struggled because you want it. You guys have been wanting to focus on the next step, but you're torn between the two roles. So it was a real, it was a real leap at the time. What do you, um, yeah. We were, sink, we were sinking a lot of funds. That was the conversation Paul had brought to us and just said, look, um, and we've been there before um, because our, 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 um, our step into into expansion, like to um, to, mm. to 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 move into this into the jungle alliance, and um, and but what are you drinking, Joe? I'm drinking the last of uh, a Japanese whiskey I got, Iwai tradition. Oh, that looks fancy. It's quite nice. Yeah, my brother brand is Mars. Love Japanese it. script always looks so pretty. And I got this glass here. These, these are crystal glasses. Um, they're not mine, but they are mine now. I love crystal. <laughs> Ball and Joe. Where's my grandmother's house. Baller glasses. Baller. <laughs> I know. Put on some biggie or something in the background with that glass. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, we, were, we were running out of money. No, we no. Rem- that's fun. right. That's exactly how it happened. But, but you know yeah. what it was? Things bro? I had sliding downhill rapidly. Howie, it was big as called me up and he was he was upset about well, we I put forward to him the idea of him um, taking on the uh, marketing uh, like a what what have what have we called his role a, a with the business yeah, he's doing business development um, business for development for our coaches because we want Thank our coaches business. to to get better at running their own business, um, to get the mm. younger coaches on to rent so we can make more money for the gym. They can be making money in the gym, supporting themselves. And it was all a great plan until Paul came to us and said, and we we're going to pay Aaron for it, obviously. And then Paul came to us and said, we're broke. And I had to call Aaron and say, look, we've got to put it on hold. And then Aaron was like, I'm not super happy with that because um, I want to contribute to the business but I also want to be 
I want recognition and I want reimbursement for it, which is completely fair. And he wants that career path within that space that we have that we should be able to provide for him, which we wanted to provide to, for him. And he said, you know, there's new trainers coming in and the place is getting busier, but I feel like I'm, someone's going to get squeezed out. And I, I kind of know what he meant by that. He meant, he meant him, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to fucking get up and leave, which would be a huge loss for, for us at, at JB's. And um, that was when we thought about, it was like, okay, what the hell is, what's, what's stop, what, why are these guys getting squeezed out the side? And then it was like, okay, our business is too top heavy. And it's me, Joe, uh, Joe and Paul sitting at the top and we have to kind of free up the bottleneck so everyone can start moving through. And this is not just, in fact, it probably was me and you, Joe, because Paul came into the fray a little bit later, even though he's always a business partner. But his role on the floor came a couple of years after, or a year after we were hitting the floor. So he was always, you know, there was, there was no real like um, authority structure in the gym, but there is those those roles, those more senior roles that you want to move into. And by the two of us stepping out, it just allowed everyone really that, would, especially the more senior. Um, coaches in our gym to step up and just have a little bit of time steering the ship and you know moving into more challenging roles and Aaron was was being uh, Aaron being one of them and then obviously me and Joe coming off uh, a wage from the gym freed up enough money for us to start to cover our expenses a little better for uh, for ABO Soft which is a, a, a huge expense for us every month that's our our digital platform build that um that we're using to to help us expand our brand uh, from gym to gym yeah that's right i remember now um now that you mentioned it that happened with aaron the same time you were coming to me saying hey yeah let's this is you know this is what he wants and this is this is how this is going to work really well and i was like no we can't afford that um, and it was because of the, the AVO soft and just kind of the finances. I was like, no. And that's kind of when it all happened within a week or two, you mentioned that to us. And then it was like, well, hang on, can we actually do this? What would it look like? Um, and, then, and, then, and then she just got really exciting from there. Yeah. You know, like for Joe, yeah, it was, was the prospect of stepping away and having the much needed brain time to do what you do, Joe. Hey, cause it's always been, it's always been played second fiddle to build this other business is always kind of second fiddle to what's going on in front of you. And so you're always fighting for the time and the headspace to do marketing, biz, building the business, same with T. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was a good time. So it was exciting when it happened. Yeah. It's a funny realization when you, you look at what you're doing and you, you know, look who's around you and you realize that there's plenty of people right there that could do what you're doing and they could do it just the same, if not better. Um, and I think it's at that point that you, you sort of have an obligation to move on. Like it wasn't, it wasn't until T pointed it out that I thought, what do I actually do here? You know, now. Um, and uh, j uh, jokes, Really good jokes, just ripping into people. Yeah, good jokes, good banter. Around the office, banter you know, guy. <laughs> half decent handstand some days. Complain about someone not washing up their cup. 
Yeah, police general sort of hygiene around the gym. Um, yeah, I keep people on their toes. And, um, oh, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, and you're like, fuck. I don't I don't need to be doing what I'm doing. I could pass it on, and then it, it's quite liberating. I mean, obviously, you know, there was the immediate thing, which was like, oh wow, we're not going to get paid as much like anything by Jungle Brothers now. So you got to they got to go and fill that gap somehow. But that wasn't a concern for me. That I was more excited that I could, it's that yeah, I could move on to bigger and better things, and that and that that would allow other people within Jungle Brothers to move on to bigger and better things. Which is a massive, like, um, it's a, it's pretty, like, it's a big step in detachment because we've all spent so much time on, on that gym, you know, bot and botany. It's got a piece of all of us in there, you know. It's a very um, unique space, and I think when someone new walks in there, they just maybe they see a gym, maybe they see a little bit of that, but you know, there's a story behind every piece of that build you know, and every person in there. And it's, um, yeah, it was, it, I, I was very, very nervous proposing to, especially to Joe, um, that, um, that he's fired. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that. It, 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 fired, yeah. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should be fired. And I'm fired too. I'm going to fire myself. But, but it was we, we decided to give ourselves a new role, and that was to to head head the jungle alliance or to work together at building our our expansion of the brand. And we've talked about this before, you know. We haven't really touched on it on the show for a while, but but that's right. That was, and that was something that Paul had already been building. T, you'd already been building from a software perspective for many months, over a year, right? In you know prior to this time, or prior to that moment, but we had to build all of the other stuff that went with it. You know, all of the other like shit that goes along with building a business. You got to figure out your marketing, figure out how you sell your product, how you package it. Got a website. What your product is. Yeah. What is it? What's it called? How does it work? Like all that stuff that for us was kind of easy with the gym because we just were like, Oh, we open a gym and run classes. We're good at running classes. I think there's been a lot of discovery there. And so it, it, it looking back now, it couldn't have gone in any other way because we had to go and like somebody had to go and create these other aspects of the Alliance, which we're sort of sifting our way through now. Yeah. You can't, you can't give something like this. A, it can't be a, a part-time gig. It's a full-time gig, you know, it needs, it needs that attention. Now it has been a part-time gig up until now where we've all been able to give it a couple of hours a week to it, but it's getting to a stage now where it just needs, it needs a lot of attention, a lot of nurturing, uh, especially now with this uh, second location opening up in Ballina. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 very exciting. But that um, that was so I had I had moved into Maynam. Maynam's a Maynam's like a crazy a crazy uh, suburb. <laughs> it's very it's very different. Is it rough? No, it's like there's heaps of musicians, heaps of heaps of art. Um, it's like musicians and and meth labs, like a co combination. Of oh, the yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Northern it, it, Rivers. Northern Rivers summed up into one sentence. It kind of is. Musicians and meth labs. 
but it was like it's beautiful uh, you know the whole area it's not like heavily farmed or anything like that and there's you know we've got you walk up the road and there's amazing rainforests and beautiful swimming holes and then you got Mullum as the main town which I'm a fucking huge fan of but um main arm itself the, the the little public school there it's just you know there's no big fences around it it's just it actually reminds me of the islands a lot Paul it's got a right. real um Polynesian feel about it you know that mm. laid back feel it's like you know roads there but there's no fences and there's mm. a creek running through the school and it's fine and and no mm. kids die, you know what I mean? It's mm. Heaps of music, heaps of um, heaps of nature. Um, and then the, the place itself, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. But it, um, it's, it's, it's very exposed to, to, um, to the elements, you know? All those things that you don't think about, like mold, bugs, and... Uh-huh. Yeah, wet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, your clothes don't dry. Clothes just don't dry. And also, like, sores and shit. Like, kids will get a sore and then usually put a Band-Aid on, it's gone, and then the next day there's two sores and then the next day there's, like, five and then the next day the other kid's got it and then the next day you've got (laughs) one. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like that's kind of like the untold story of the island paradise. You know, you look at, like, look yes. at pictures of like Raro or Fiji and you think, oh, wow, look at that. And then you're there and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm so sweaty. It's so hot. And there's shit Muzzies. crawling on. Like there's, there's this whole thing that comes along with the, tropics, with the tropics. Yeah, where it's actually like, you know, it's actually very like, it's not, it's, it, it's a challenging place. Like it's also yeah. fucking beautiful, but it's not like it's just idyllic and cool and you're relaxing all the time. But yeah, it's the, it's the stuff oh. that doesn't get communicated in a photograph. Yes, I got I got three point five acres on the block. It's absolutely beautiful, and then like literally the day of spring, you know how you know one day you wake up and realize you need a haircut. Sounds like every that, day that happened. That, yeah, <laughs> that happened like last week. I looked out the window and the whole place had just like literally exploded in weeds, like just everywhere, and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> how the fuck do i deal with this it's all grass like no like all kinds of stuff like everything some of it's rainforest some of it's introduced then you've got like this stuff that grows along the ground stuff that grows up things half of it shouldn't be there and you've got to remove it and get rid of it and yeah and then replace it with stuff and it's a it's a yeah there's a lot of work needs to be done there but even the house, like when we first got into it, I don't know how the previous owners were living in it, but you couldn't, the, the fireplace didn't work and there was nothing to, to get the moisture out of the house. So every night, this humidity, like this wet humidity, humidity would just come through the house and through, and because there's no, it's not good insulation system, a studio, a little Queenslander, the whole place would be like wet. Like, yeah. It's so strange. Like one second, everything's beautiful and nice sunset, and then the sun just disappears. And then all of a sudden, like the top of your car is just dripping with water. The clothes are dripping with water. And then you go inside, and then like the top of the table's like wet, and your bed's got wet in it. And you're like, oh, this is fuck. So we got this really horrible, like, cough 
and everyone came down. You know those barking coughs where you sound like a dog? You're like, arr, arr, arr. Uh, we had the whole family <laughs> had this barking it's like cough. a sea lion. Kids, yeah, Tiava, and he's like six months. And you know when you hear the ba- babies with a barking cough and you're like, Horrible. It just sounds like it's doing like damage to their little bodies. Anyway, mm. my mum, we went up to visit her this before lockdown and she got the cough as well. So she was down. We went down for about a month and a half and mum went down for about three months. But it was some nasty virus. It wasn't COVID. We all got tested. Um, but it was something else that had been floating around. And, um, yeah, man, it just knocked off for like two months. We were, we were out. We had to... <clears throat> try and recover from this thing but then um andy walsh turned up out of nowhere he just called me up and said i'm coming up turned up on the doorstep another jv like, member oh, i need some fucking help <laughs> so <laughs> him and pavel got a, like a new fireplace put that in uh, a dehumidifier and and just went to town on this joint and started getting it like livable sucking all the moisture out of it and and after, you know, a couple of, like, a few days, everyone's cough had just kind of gone. It was quite amazing. But it was interesting because you think moving into this area that's, like, all natural with, you know, good quality soil and beautiful fresh air and, and clean water is going to be good for your body. But it, it just, <clears throat> it's not the case. It just well, that, dashed up. <laughs> those type of climates, around. man. They're just like, yeah. they're, um, they're optimum for, they're optimum conditions for growing things. Uh, and I know going back to the island, to the village, like I remember getting to the house one time, unlocking the house that no one had been in for ages and opening it. And as you said, like I realized then well, we opened it and the house was clean, but everything was moldy. And I realized like, in those, the tropics, yeah, the walls, we had to spend like a couple of days just cleaning the house first, but everything is just trying to grow on you and decay. Everything's decaying. Um, you know, in, uh, decaying sounds negative, but it's just, it's just the next form of life is just eating away at it. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's trying to steal your fucking calories. It's trying to grow on you. I mean, this, it's trying to <laughs> grow on your sores. You know, My you, you scratch a mozzie bite and then... It's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're just like merging in with the with the, uh, with the with the natural ecosystem, but it really is just a fight for survival. When you when you look at it from a different yeah. perspective, you kind of because we're so used to staring at it from a safe space. It's not until you're in it when you realise this is this is is a, a brutal environment, and the animals in there in this rainforest are all like. At first, we're like, oh, it wasn't. There's not much kind of going on here, and then. I've all walked out on the balcony. First time I've ever heard him swear in the last time. He was like, oh, fuck. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry, sorry. So he's apologizing for swearing. And then we walk out and there's this huge um, tawny mouth. Um, owl. What are they calling it? Frog, tawny frog, frog mouth. Tawny frog mouth owl, big male, had just yeah. swooped him on the balcony. And then it was just sitting on the branch outside the, outside the house and it was just staring at us. So and it was almost like this, this dude was just like looking at us and saying, this is my bad. That's right. Pay your dues. 
guys to know. Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a mouse infestation, and I was just like catching fucking six mice a day, and it was hectic. I got the wrong mouse trap at first. Caught this mouse. Oh my! My daughter's like, she's a mad hunter. She's just like, she's into catching animals, and especially like vermin and toads and shit. So anyway, we go to the <laughs> to, to the fucking uh, mite attend, and she's like, oh, I wonder. Dad, get the mouse trap because there's there's mice in the house. We gotta get rid of these mice. So I get the <laughs> this little mouse trap, and it's one of those little wooden ones, you know, the ones you see in the cartoons with the with well, the flip on it. Fucking snap mm. your fingers if you do them wrong. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't have much grunt behind it. So she's like, put some cheese on it, and I was like, oh, uh, I don't think cheese is gonna work. I think that's more a cartoon thing. You might want to try something else. She's like, no, I'm gonna put some cheese on it. So she puts some cheese on it, sets it off. Uh, set set up and behind the um the fireplace and we're all in the kitchen just eating dinner and we hear this smack and then some, something's like like just screaming and then we see this mouse running across the floor with the trap like stuck to it like oh. this back legs behind it like crawling and it's screaming and yelling oh. and I'm like oh this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> And my son's like, oh my god, oh my god. And then TMI's like, quick, get the get that piece of wood and whack its head, kill it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'll take it out the back and I'll kill it with a brick. And then I got out the back and this thing was like trying to grab my finger and bite it. And it was really cute. And then I kind of opened up the trap and then I let it go and I couldn't hit it with a brick because I'm too much of a pussy. Holy shit. It wasn't, it wasn't like your spine wasn't broken or anything? No, it just ran off into the bush. And my daughter came back and said, did you kick and kill it with a brick? And I was like, yeah, I got it. And she's like, okay, good. <laughs> I didn't know that face in front of my kids. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know what else is really, like right now we've got, there's a big firefly bloom. And so we've got a creek down the bottom of our house and just on dusk and coming in tonight, all the fireflies are coming out and they breed. Have you, have you guys seen them in action before? No, I haven't. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. I know I'm going off topic. These things let off. They're, they're the most efficient source of light source on the planet. They have 98% light to 2% heat. And to give you an idea, I think an LED is like, you know, 87% light to something around the heat. <clears throat> Anyway, the females will sit in the grass uh, and a really dim light will come off the back. And the males mm. kind of do this little dance and they fly on top, top of the, the grass and they, they light up real bright and then they dim and then they light up real bright. And then when one of the ladies down b below look up and see the ones that they like, they will light themselves up real bright. And then the male will see them. Come over here. And then he'll do this little fly down and he'll go down there and, and then they get it on. Little right. vacant sign. She's flashing the neon sign. Yeah. It's kind of like humans in a nightclub, in a way. You know, uh, app, you know that app where you don't see, you don't see the, 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 the only, you can, they can only see, you can only see anyone who's interested in you. As a dating app? Yeah, that dating app. <laughs> you know the one? <laughs> I, I don't. But <laughs> oh, you've both got to agree. You've both got to like each other for it to show. Well, well, the male profile is on and all the girls can see it and then the girl will choose whether they, you can see them. Right. 
and they'll try oh, and yeah. to That's kind of I'm, how it works, isn't it? The girl always chooses. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of like how it's working in the garden, but it's pretty amazing. Like, there's a full light show, just thousands of little baby baby lights going. It's quite, yeah, it's amazing. You know, I was meant to be there this week. That's you when I was arriving. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had that, the trip planned and we obviously let go of any hope of actually going some time ago now. Um, but yeah, that was supposed to be this week. I'd be rocking up tomorrow. Um, awesome. Oh man. With the campsite booked at Red Cliff and everything. Uh, we'll get up there soon enough. Um, I'd like to think that we'll open up and, and, and maybe Christmas is a is a good time to come and visit. It's going to be but hot, yeah. not Christmas. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're at the base of a mountain. I remember looking at it when you were on... on um, uh, yeah, I'm on in the, the middle of Nightcap National Park. Yeah, so do you get much... You're, you, you get the sun setting early over the mountain? Yeah. So it's, you lose. It comes up a little bit later and it goes down early. Yeah. Which is hard to get used to, but also leaves a lot of time for um, just working without being in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, is it, um, have you got much coverage on your actual property and around the house? Like shade wise, is it a little cooler underneath some trees there yeah, or is it pretty got hot? A lot of big trees. Okay. Got a lot of big trees. I've got a big shed actually, <laughs> and that shed we're we're trying we're we're confirm we're co- converting that into into a um a second dwelling. Um, mm. the shed we found out doesn't have a DA on it, so um, I'm cu- currently trying to convince council not to find me. Um, Stefan and Elise. Stefan's an old school member of ours, and uh, one of my uh, and his Mrs. Elise, both of them, and very very close friends of all of ours. Uh, they came up just before COVID from Foster. They had a job on in Foster and they came up. And um, Stefan had a look at the shed and he kicked it and half of the shed just kind of went on a lean. Um, it was just all the time damage. And he's like, oh, man, you've got to fix this. Otherwise, you know, it's going to land on one of your kids. So anyway, the next day, um, his, uh, his job went down in Foster. Um, and... Sydney went into lockdown and he was like, shit, Sydney's in lockdown. I've got a, a crew of, of guys, which was Carl and uh, Marek. Um, mm. And they're, they're just kind of standing by doing nothing. And I was like, oh man, bring them up here and let's like kick the shed off and start converting it. So he called them up and then within an hour, they were just, rather than going back into Sydney and into, into lockdown, they jumped in the car and drove up to my place. And then we had um, Elise, Stefan, Marek, Carl, um, the twins, which are three years old, and my kids. So we had five kids, three of them under under four, under three, um, and, and then myself and my wife in this like three better. And it was like it was on. So all the focus went on like just converting this this shed into a into a into a house. And I called up uh, Rhonda, who was another. Um, it was another um, m- a member of JB's and her husband's a, um, an architect and also both of them really good friends. And I just called him up and said, hey, John, um, I need some plans for a house. Um, I want to convert my shed into something I can live in. Um, 
do you reckon you could get something to me in the next day? Uh, but I've got no money. <laughs> <laughs> and he just started laughing at me and he goes, all right. And I was like, oh, you bloody legend. So anyway, he started working on something and then plans came back and I was like, oh, do you reckon you could make this change and this change? And anyway, it's turned into something much, much bigger than we originally planned, which was just a two-bedroom room and keeping everything the same. We're now, like, turning it into this. No, it's not getting bigger. It's just getting more complicated and grander. It, I should can, I, can I say it was donned the opera house of Maynard? <laughs> by by Stefan, was it? Steph turned around and looked at the plans and he goes, <laughs> he's got a face French and he's like, we're not building the opera house. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does have a bit of a sail kind of uh, like an opening awning that goes kind of upward to let the low angle sun in, right? <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks cool. It's going to look fucking so cool. But anyway, we had, uh, yeah, at that point, we had 13 people at my house. And then, um, uh, and then we went into lockdown, which was problematic. Were they allowed to be there? If they were already there and the lockdown kicked off, they could stay there? Or was that a no-no? By, no, you, you can't have 13 people in a house from all with, like, Sydney addresses. You know, yeah. in Maynard, building on a place that has no DA, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was really nerve-wracking, actually. At that point, I was like, fuck, this is not good. All, all you need is one phone call to the cops or to the council complaining about the noise because we were making a lot of noise. Um, and then, you know, that's like, okay, we're going to get fined for this, for whatever, the, maybe the build, or you get, like, I think it's like, was it $3,000 fine or $5,000 fine for every visitor, you know, in your house at that point in time, including kids. And I was just like, okay, this is, yeah, that was a, that was a tricky, tricky little, little space that we were working in at that point. How was, how's Dee, your wife been throughout all this? Sounds like oh, quite the adventure. Shit. And I'm guessing she's yeah. there having some strong feelings of her own. She has been so fucking patient with me. Unbelievable. I mean, and that's for the last 10 years, really. It's our 10-year anniversary this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll have to call her up and congratulate her. <laughs> <laughs> for lasting this long? Yeah. <laughs> never thought you'd last this None long. None of us thought you'd make it, D. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. 10 yeah. years. That's, a, that's awesome. I'm stoked for you guys. She's put up with a lot. I'm know. guessing. I mean, obviously everyone's there and she's friends with them all and they're all, we're all, they're all helping us, you know, fix and build this place and get it livable, you know, but it was, uh, you know, taking advantage of an opportunity that arises and you're just like, okay, let's just do it. And, mm -hmm. and Dee's just like, okay, I'm just going to kind of, Go along with the ride. There was no, there was no real recovery. There hasn't been yet, even till now, really. You know, where it's just like, okay, we've got to take a breather. It has literally just been go, go, go since we, since we landed. Because in the, in the, in the background, I'm, I'm trying to find a gym like the whole time. You know, so mm. I'm 
out. I'm not there. I'm not building. I'm not. I'm, I don't have my hands on any tools. That's all. The boys are just going for it, and I'm like out looking for for a space, preferably in Mullum. And um, you know, I got Scotty, um, Pav, and Big Tones had come up. Big Tony, and um, you know, they're they're expecting somewhere to, to work out of and to 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 run. And I had to make sure that I was. I was doing that, otherwise I was going to lose these guys, you know, and they're all uh, excellent dudes to have work with me. Andy's up there. Like, they're all waiting for that next step. Okay, what's what's going to happen with this 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 expansion for Jungle Brothers and, and Jungle Alliance? And they want to be that next wave of gyms that open up, and this is the area they want to be in, but they want to see some fucking action, you know? Me taking proactive action to build this space that I said I was going to build. So I get in and have a look around at these joints and they're like, okay, we've got 200 square, perfect, great. Get get in there, have a look around. Two car spaces for every 200 square, you know. So all the council regulations are you need five car spaces per 100 square metres. So I get in the council and I'm like, look, how am I supposed to, I want to open a gym, I want to work with you guys. How do we do that? And they're like, look, we're not trying to stop you from opening a gym. You just have to tick boxes. And I'm like, well, Let's have a look at the boxes. And then the fella's like, oh, okay, well, you need five car spaces, 100 square. And I'm like, okay, show me this magic. Property, yeah. Because it doesn't exist, you know? For folks who are listening, that's like, we had a similar condition for our DA at Jungle Brothers in Botany. And uh, with the size of the gym, it was something like you needed around 15 to 20 parking spaces. And the council has these regulations in place so that whatever businesses aren't drawing huge amounts of unsustainable traffic into certain areas. We were lucky at Botany because we were close enough to the main road and to a bus stop that that rule is negated. But what is it? It's like you need to be within 300 meters of a bus stop or something. If you're not, then you've got to hit those numbers, which are like, unless you have a shopping center car park under your building, you never, it's very rare that you're going to meet those requirements. Yeah, I don't know if there's. A, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a bus that goes through Mullum, but probably once every three days. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get on that. It's the, it's the Nimbin bus. Like, That's uh, right. No one comes back the same. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it was. It was. It got to the point where it was like, this is this is this is going to be harder harder than I thought. Well, like two months into looking, can't find anything. Um, and then uh, Ty has a birthday at um, a party that he has to go to for main arm. And this birthday party is like one of his friends uh, that he'd made at school. And I was like, okay, it's my turn to take kids to, to the birthday party. So I go, okay, I'll take Ty. Um, so we get in the car and we drive to this location and um, there's some directions to get to this location. And there's this little arrow that points... Um, to this place called uh, Eagles Landing and there's a bunch of letterboxes and it's just a dirt road that turns off Main Arm Road, which is a road that I live on. So anyway, we turn off this road and we hit this um, this dirt road and it's, yeah, it's a straight dirt road. It's traveling through about, probably about 40 acres of property uh, or cattle and stuff working on this property. And then uh, we get to the end through that property and then there's this gate and the gate's got, the code you've got to put in, putting the code and the electric gate opens and then 
all of a sudden that uh, there's like this division between farmland and just really thick rainforest and then a road that just goes straight up and it's literally like the width of one car but it's the perfect bitumen road not a fucking pothole in it and i'm like oh wow check this out so anyway we start driving up this road and both of us like our heads sit back into you know your head sits back into the seat when you're <laughs> from the plane mm. so i'm like oh shit check this out so this this road is like it's like it's really steep and Ty's like, oh, I can feel my head at the back of the seat. So thankfully it wasn't raining because I had my wife's big one. And we're driving up up this road. And then rainforest either side, sheer drop on both sides, but lots of tree action. And then we pop up onto the top of this hill. It's, it's like a mini mountain. And you can see literally 360 degrees of um, mm. the Byron Shire. So you can see the ocean. You can see all the way down the valley to where I was, uh, where we live. And uh, you can see all the mist going into the rainforest. And it was absolutely spectacular. And because the cloud sits so low in that area, you're actually like cloud level. Then we walk into the, this place and there's like a skate, little skate ramp and beautiful uh, infinity pool kind of thing dropping off over the rainforest. And anyway, I meet um, the dad of... Uh, Ty's mate and I'm like man what do you do and he's like oh I, I, I buy and sell uh, contemporary art and I'm like oh okay well and um, he's like oh what are you doing up here and I was like, and I told him about yeah, okay I want to open a gym I'm struggling to find a location because everything's too small and then he turns around and says oh man I'm, I want to open a gym up here too but I want to open up like a climbing gym and he's like what kind of what kind of gym, what, what kind of stuff do you guys do? And um, I told him about our brand and what we do. And he goes, oh, man, that sounds like exactly where somewhere I would like to train. And he goes, we should get together and have a chat about getting a bigger location. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds good because we can put a division in and have one side each or whatever. Um, I was currently at the time talking to a few other guys as well about doing the same thing, sharing our space. Um, but anyway, uh, I'd stopped looking for locations for a couple of weeks because I lost um, the spirit, you know. I was feeling <laughs> a little about everything. And then um, something popped up in Ballina, which is like an hour away. And I thought, okay, I've got to get off my ass and just go and have a look at locations. It didn't look like something that was going to be very promising. I got in the car, I drove down to this space. I walk in and on the left-hand side, there's... 180 square, sorry, 280 square, which is perfect for me, bigger than what I wanted, but good. And the square meterage is a good price. And then out the back, there's like a 680 square, 15 meter high boat shed, big old empty space. And then outside of that boat shed, you look out onto this estuary where there's this beautiful uh, nature reserve with pelicans and seabirds and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. <clears throat> It's beautiful. Um, it's like like um, estuary view, and the doors on this um, shed are ten meters high, and they can crack. And you can open them. Up. And I was like, "Oh man, check this out! This is perfect. Like perfect for him, perfect for me, and anyone who goes to if he chooses to run this climbing gym has to walk past two open roller doors. They have to walk past my gym, which is obviously going to 
already a bit fringy and pretty cool and we'll make it look nice. And I was like, oh man, this and so many benefits for me because the space as a whole, the square meterage is cheaper. Um, you can get the parking, uh, so a project as big as that, council's going to look uh, kindly on it because it's going to be, you know, going to draw more people in and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm like, oh man, okay, this is looking good. So I give Seth a call. I said, look, man, I'm looking at this joint and we need to come and have a look. And, and I know it's further than we both anticipated, but <clears throat> I think you're really going to love it. So anyway, I'm driving home and I get this phone call from um, a guy that I haven't, haven't spoken to in years from the film industry, both know him. And um, he uh, calls me up and he goes, hey, Tiora, his name's Harry. And he's like, hey, Tiora, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, good, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how you doing? He goes, good, yeah, well, what are you up to? And I said, I'm, I'm, um, I'm just uh, driving home. And he's like, oh, where's home? And I was like, oh, it's in, it's in Maynard. And he goes, oh, what are you doing there? And I said, oh, I've moved up here. This guy's an, a stuntman from the film industry, um, but he's also a property developer. So um, he goes, oh, yeah, what are you doing for work up there? And I said, oh, I'm going to open another gym. And he goes, oh, where are you going to do that? And I was like, oh, it's funny you should say that because I was looking at a place in, um, in Ballina and uh, this space has, uh, uh, you know, it's, like, it's got 280 square, which is perfect for me. And then this other fellow's looking to build a climbing gym and, um, and he goes, oh, yeah. Um, and then I said, oh, yeah, it's funny because there's a Netflix um, production inside that space. They're just pumping out. And um, the real estate agent said that uh, there's a stuntman in Sydney that owns a place. And then I was like, oh, you fucker, you own the joint. <laughs> ah, yeah, I do. And I was like, oh, damn. And I was like, that's excellent because not only will I get have I secured the lease, but I'm definitely going to get a good price on it too. And he's like, he had a good laugh. But then after that, he said, look, if you guys are serious and you want it, um, it's, it's yours. So at that stage, I was just like, oh, yes. Because there was literally nothing. There was places are going so quick up here. Mm. And to find somewhere that has parking was just like, it just didn't exist. Mm. So now we're looking at this space and I'm thinking, okay, I've got to try and sell this space to, to Seth. And, and because he wanted to build a bouldering gym and a bouldering gym is a fraction of the price of a climbing gym because a climbing gym has height. You know? mm. So you're looking at two, three times the budget, maybe more. And this space is big. So it's like, okay, he's going to have to find, you know, we're talking probably when it's finished, He's probably going to have to spend around two, two point five million to have this thing kitted out. Really, uh, huge budget. Like to do it justice, you can't you can't walk into a space like that and, <clears throat> and just do a half job. It's got to it's got to be done done right, you know. Uh, and my budget obviously is a fraction of that, but um, yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm wondering if he's going to go for this space and and double down and. Um, uh, myself, Scotty, and Pavel all met up with um, with with Seth, and we we came down here and we walked through it and talked through the potentials and all of that kind of stuff. And at the end of it, I was just like, "Oh, look, you know, I obviously I want this space. It's perfect for me. I can't have uh, I can't do it without without you. But I'm ready to go. Like literally yesterday, I'm ready to go now. 
Um, and he just turned around and said, "Oh, we can't, we we can't not do it. We have have to make 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 this space, like you know, work." So at that point, I was just like, "Fucking yes!" I was so, <laughs> so excited. Um, yeah, and we were just kicking goals, you know, like houses getting built, this gyms like ticked, and you know, I dodged a, a really big bill that was heading my way from not coming up with a loan. I was talking to Pavel about it and I was like, man, I feel like we've just been, we've just been kicking goal after goal after goal. And it's, we've been on this roll that's just been never ending like luck really. And then uh, at that point um, I said to him, I know there's like this sneaky uppercut coming that I'm going to miss. I'm trying to like forecast what this sucker is. And, um, and, and, and I, but I said, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the ride while it lasts, you know. You were so amped at that time. I remember. Yeah, I mean, I was, the, yeah, had a few good calls with you and we saw the videos that came through. Um, I still, I can, I can, I'm listening to you talk about the place, but I, I saw the videos, but you can't know a place until you've been there. But um, yeah. just from how you're talking about it, it must, and, and I speak more to, is it Seth? Seth's yeah. side, um, it, I remember seeing the video. Is it big enough to have a climbing gym, a and whatnot, and, as well as a, a bouldering portion there, or will it just be ropes? It'll have everything. It'll have so everything. It'll have a bol- bouldering wall, speed climb, and, and your standard climbing. Like your, your, oh, um, dude. Um, your lead climb and, and top rope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unreal. And, um, so, yeah, at that stage, um, Seth was talking, because he's, he's the kind of guy that just, he's just, like, we sat down and we talked, and, I, and he goes, look, I'm, I just love the creative part, the building, putting something together. And he said, but I can't run things. Like, I'm not, I'm not I'm the managerial type. Plus, I got a hundred other things going on, um, and he goes, you know, what, what, what are you like as a, you know? I think he was hoping that I was going to say, well, I'm I like a manager. Yeah. I, I said, I'm, I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm the same. You know, I like that building phase and the creative phase, but after that, management-wise, I'm, I'm not, not very good at, at doing that. You know, I said, but we have a lot of fucking awesome staff and coaches that are coming through our system which is building quality um quality humans you know and uh his big gripe with the 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 climbing uh industry is that he's just got terrible staff in in all of these climbing gyms and they're such a great place for people to be able to learn how to to move properly and get coached properly and combine that with um with proper strength and conditioning, which in Europe, because he's got another climbing gym in Europe, um, which they're just not into. Like, say, in France, they, they don't have any strength and conditioning that work with the climbing. They just want to climb and then smoke some cigarettes and drink some beer. And they're missing <laughs> that other element that, that was quite big over here, you know, like people recognise the, the benefits of strength and conditioning in Australia and the US and stuff like that, I guess. So he's really, um, really keen and open to having our coaches um, on our systems 
uh, integrate with what he's doing next door. And um, then I was talking about the name and potentially trying to get the Jungle Alliance name to represent the space as a whole, my gym and his gym. And I was speaking to you, Joe, about that and you had some some um, reservations about the idea. Mm, I did, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'll give you the reservations because obviously we, there's, there's so many different ways to look at it. But the, the only concern that I had was the potential for people who are watching the next step of ours and, and really like T you opening your gym there is, is it's your gym. It's a thing that you're doing, but it's also pivotal in this next chapter of the jungle brothers and the jungle Alliance. Right. So it's kind of carrying that, that load with it to an extent. Um, and for people who are watching that from the outside, the jungle Alliance is all about, us expanding our influence to build healthy humans, strong people, strong communities, and to empower the coaches that can lead these communities and to empower the coaches that will become the gym owners that will build the gyms where these communities will hang out. Right. So to create more places like what we've done and what you're doing. Um, so for people who are watching that, if they were to see it, and I, I was just really raising the idea, Hey, what if, this rock climbing gym like takes off and let's say your gym doesn't, you know, and, and his is just growing faster and it's bigger. And from a public perspective, the next jungle Alliance gym, which is jungle Ballina is a rock climbing gym. Like that's the public perception was like, Holy shit. The guys have transitioned into rock climbing gyms. That's cool. I, my, my, yeah, my concern was like, Hey, could that be problematic for us in terms of, you know, we're not going into rock climbing that, but obviously the way you've, you know, the way that it's evolving there is like, it's such a cool complimentary business for you to have, you know, tied up next door to your business, right? Like it's, 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 it's exceptional. And for you to have the, the adaptability to make that work, like that really speaks to our philosophy, but it was more from, yeah, that like, what if, his thing is like becomes this Instagram sensation and people mistake what's actually happening with the brand. What's your take on all, all, all of like that, Paul? Because obviously there's so many different scenarios here. I mean, I could have, a, I could have our jungle name and Steph, uh, Seth could uh, you call his climbing gym something completely different. We could just be two separate businesses or we can have, you know, um, you know the the one the space called the one name and be two like one big business or two businesses under one name and there's quite a few scenarios here and options here and um, yeah <clears throat> no I um obviously can, can you, yeah I mean I'd I'd love you to give me an example um, of what it might be but like. It sounds like, um, yeah, so the, the mechanics, they're two separate businesses, two different companies with two different beneficiaries, but you're looking to leverage something just from public perception. So like it's called some sort of, um, um, you know, Ballina physical collective thing with a jungle thing. And in the, in, so you're trying to like make it work for you. What, what would an example be? 
um, what would you call it for an example? The, the one place and then how would you refer to the two? Yeah, okay. Um, I, I need to go for a quick whiz. Okay. Climb fit. He wants to call it climb fit. Yeah, I thought this would happen because people are <laughs> drinking. Fall. That's right. <laughs> Two seconds. Awesome. Go. Um, yeah, so like what, what would you call it? Well, you know, he can, I guess he can explain when he comes back. But from the conversation we had, the whole place collectively, the rock climbing gym and his gym is Jungle Ballina. Called Jungle Ballina. Yeah. I see. Um, and it would be separate companies, but it would like, you know, they'd both be using our operating system. And um, what about website and Instagram and all that sort of thing? Uh, they would be separate, I believe. Yeah. 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 I mean, probably people would figure it out. It's a little confusing for the public, I suppose. Um, so it's good. Yeah. yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Like just, you know, I mean, I'm, my, I'm the, the gatekeeper of the brand in, in a sense, right? Like that's my, mm. my, my duty is like to make sure that the marketing is on point and the, the messaging is clear. So I was just like, Hey, I think it's a really good idea, but here's one potential problem I see. Imagine like, the place blew up and then Seth's like, man, this is doing so well. I'm going to open another one in Western Australia and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to call them. They're all going to be called jungle Ballina. And then you're like, holy shit, this is getting out of hand. Like, yes, something, you know, and I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's again, it's like, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be restrictive about how these things evolve because I think the beauty of what we've done at, at botany is to allow the unique this the the collection of unique variables that make up the place the location that it's in the people that come there our crazy neighbor ivan tony mm. the seo guy next door our friends at the cafes like we've allowed all of those unique factors to contribute to the place it's mm. the garden it's the christmas party it's all that stuff so you don't want to restrict those unique aspects that come along with any location from contributing towards it right yeah um, but um, you're right. Like it's a great benefit, but is, is, but half of, half of jungle Ballinger is not in, is not kind of adhering to the Alliance stuff. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't it, it just speak can, to a young gym owner to go, Oh yeah. Like that's, that's what I want to do. They look at T's gym and they're like, they look at, <clears throat> and they, you know, they want to, we want them to look at Tiora's gym and go, that's fucking mad. That's what I want to do. Jungle botany. That's fucking mad. That's what I want to do. So is there a way that the rock climbing gym could interrupt or disrupt that perception for mm. that individual? Yeah. I see where, I see where the benefit could be, but like, you're going to, you're going to have to have two separate names at some point. Like if you call it all jungle Ballina, you have to be able to refer to one and the other. Oh, this is the rock climbing part with the membership for this and then you've got the then you know what do you refer to yourself as then and there um so you could still probably call t's gym jungle Ballina, call the rock climbing gym something else and then there's going to be a, it's going to become a hub really it's definitely be, there's no rock climbing anywhere near that part of the coast and i really think it's going to be the spot so there could be there's going to be a, a there should be a name like an overarching name like the, whatever the hub the whatever it could be and i think you'd still be able to rake a bunch of benefit from there and i've seen uh collaborative um efforts which 
have a separate over, like account or set of marketing for that place. Like, um, like those creative studios that have film studios, photography lab. Sorry. Like the cannery. Like the cannery. Yeah. So the cannery has its own set of marketing to bring people to that place. Um, but it's not called the three blue ducks. You know, and yes. yeah. I think that you, you guys are going to be a spot, you know, and I don't know what the places are around it, but historically when you get one place that digs its claws and captures the, the local minds, like you probably have, you could, it could turn into a bit of a hub in that area because it's, it, if it's a little industrial area, you know, other people will want to have similar businesses near there um, and it could become a thing. Is that something yeah. separate? Oh, yeah. Sorry, no go. Is that something um, Seth um, has expressed interest in, or is it like just an idea of yours? Well, I I, um, I run around Seth through <clears throat> what it is that we do, um, our our ethos, our values, everything, and obviously he's very um, he's. I mean, if you dump ten million bucks into a location, um, oh you want to know. Uh, no. What are you drinking for? Perno. And just for the listeners, there's a D at the end of that, but it's silent. Perno. Pernod. Joe's brother got me onto it many years ago, and this has got a lot of dust on it, this bottle. It's an aperitif. Like hmm? It's an aperitif. Like it's like a... <laughs> I say that again, guys. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's like an aniseedy aperitif, as Joe said. Um, it's it's strong as in it has a very strong characteristic but it's not necessarily that alcoholic as any other drink it's like not as strong as the whiskey that i've been drinking exactly <laughs> get one thing straight you just straight whiskey uh i had i put a little bit of water in it just a touch oh. just to open up the whiskey Oh, I can't oh. do it. Like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I remember last time we had. Remember when we had dinner around here, and T tried. Yeah. To, you know, tried to have a glass of whiskey. You're like, ah, oh, I, I keep trying. I, I want to be able to drink it, but I just can't. <laughs> it's so strong. It is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't drink a lot of it. I bought that bottle uh, over two years ago. So I just finished it tonight. So you know, <laughs> Misa and I have a glass maybe once every eight weeks. It's ridiculous. But, um, but it's also, it's awesome. But yeah, I have That's found enjoyable. That, yeah. Just over time. And by adding that little bit of water actually, because um, I did a whiskey tour and the guy's like, no, it's good to add water because it opens up the whiskey. As they say, it, it brings out the flavors um, and it makes it a lot mellower to drink. So, you know, it doesn't have to be the rocket fuel that you can have straight from the bottle. You know, it's still considered OP, prestige bro. to add the water. Nice. <clears throat> right, go on. Where were we? Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, what my proposal was to Seth was first to the, the, the first thing we needed to do was make sure that we have similar values, business values, um, social values, um, even political values, which is something that uh, is a bit of a 
sub sub context to to our brand and i mean in in, the, in when we talk about political sometimes people think oh yeah okay politicians and the rest of it it's not that it's about um you know here's a good example when we talk about equality i mean it's, it's a politi politicized topic always you know but it's something that's in our um in our ethos you know so uh, we share very uh, similar um, values, and then um, and then it was like, okay, well, if it was it was a cross examination of each other, you know. Mm. So, we, and, and and you have to like, I'm, I've never gone into business with someone that I don't know, you know. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's very risky, uh, and, and especially for him, you know, because the. Um, the investment that he's making is is much much bigger than than mine. And That's a lot of. Uh, I'm his shop front, you know. Uh, yeah. So I could I could easily be this parasite that just doesn't look after his shit and has a dirty old gym that you know doesn't put any money into his marketing and who gives a shit and he's still gonna he's still gonna tick over because he's pilfering people that are walking into the climbing gym, you know, <laughs> or I could be uh, something that's working symbiotically with his business that, uh, and the two of us prosper and good business is when both parties prosper. And this is um, the, the bottom line, you know, and I think uh, what I envisioned and the, and what I was sold to, to Seth was, okay, you walk through these front doors, you come into my gym, you walk past my gym or into my gym, depending on whether you train our gym or jungle, uh, the Jungle Lions gyms work off a of membership base and it's premium membership, costs a lot of money. And you, you just pretty much do that. It's a one-stop shop for all of your training and nutrition and everything like that. For mm. climbing gym, it's different. Climbing gym, it's the one or two sessions a week where people come in and say, they drop 30 bucks, uh, get, some, get a harness, get some, hire some shoes, or kids' parties, all the stuff that I have no interest in doing, he's doing. If you look at it as a business structure, he's literally, or a climbing gym, it's the opposite business structure to uh, a jungle alliance. So when people want to get stronger or use a PT or any of that kind of stuff, that's my market. If people want a membership, that's my market. If people want to come in and, and climb once or twice a week, that's what, what the climbing gym wants. And they still have a big membership base. It's huge. Uh, but it's, you know, the diehard climbers and it's 40 bucks a week. It's not a huge turnover for them. And you need those guys there because they, they're the people that everyone else aspires to be like. And they're, they're the athletes that you have in every gym. We've got them even in our own. Um, but, yeah, the idea for me was like, okay, well, I see this opportunity for our brand uh, to show how dynamic our training systems are, how dynamic our, our business model is, that we can survive in any scenario. And if not just survive, we can thrive in it. And uh, being in the same location is this, what is going to be a bit of a juggernaut when it comes to gyms um, and for our business to be, not just benefiting from that space, but uh, attri attributing to the success of that space as well, is is the is uh, is um 
is the vision that, that, that I put forward to Seth and, and, and that is not, to not just have my gym and his gym, but for us to use the outdoor space together and create and have, you know, whether it's a food truck or we've, we've got, a, we've got some, somewhere to have a drink, uh, we've got some live music or DJ, because we've got this waterfront space, which is like, you know, we're talking like 600 square of oh, estuary waterfront with a little wharf and, you know, we can do kayak hire and paddleboard and all kinds of awesome stuff. And this is like this, you walk in and you've got the science at the beginning, which is my space and, and the structured training and the, and the tech, or, you know, strict technique and, and programming and, and treatments and, and all that kind of stuff. And then you go in and then you play the game. You know, you've got your, your climbing. And that I see uh, very similar to what we do in botany, but instead it's jiu-jitsu, you know. And mm-hmm. then you walk out through those, those huge doors into the, into the back and it opens up to this estuary and this big outdoor area where there's this space to socialise and to, to share good quality food and have huge gardens and all the stuff that we do anyway. And it'd be like a combination of what we have at the front of Botany and One Drop, you know what I mean? Here on location. So it just becomes this, this place where people come together, um, whether it's for holiday or their locals or... Uh, but it, it is, it is, it's got everything that, that we promote anyway, but it's here. I've got to um, say it. I've got to say it. With Venice, cut yes. with Venice, with the gondolas. But that was when Seth turned around to me and he, we were driving back in, in my car and he, and he said, look, can you, because I told him about our build, our, our platform build and, um, and the Jungle Alliance and how, and I said, look, I'm not interested in being involved in anything but building more of our gyms you know so i don't want to invest in in other smaller projects or anything like that um and and he asked me uh could um could the jungle uh the the jungle alliance um run a a, an indoor climbing gym and i said most definitely yes it can you know and that was when i started throwing around the idea of using um, our name or and our fund to represent the space as as a whole. Ah, I see. And it was more of a uniformity thing. So it's like, okay, we have this underlying subcontext of um, you know harvesting water, renewable energy, um, uh, communal spaces for social interaction and uh, mental health community health, environmental health, and all, all of everything that we do in our gyms, um, but, do, but to do that on a, on a larger, on this large scale, um, but still have my space working on a budget, getting the numbers um, that we need for me to be able to show Andy and Pavel and all these other young up-and-coming coaches that, are, that want to invest in their own space and, and have those numbers there for them to be able to recognize that our our model has the ability to not just be a fucking awesome and cool space to work in but the ability to create um wealth for these guys and and earn them a decent living you know Mm. so that was uh, and then when i put that forward to joe 
which I probably should have done it before I put it forward to Seth. But I have that, I have that, um, that habit of jumping five steps ahead. Um, yeah, that was when it was like, oh, I hang on a second, you know, like this is moving quickly and potentially he's taking the reins and, and running off uh, with the brand in a direction that hasn't been shared with the two of you, you know, which I know I have done in the past. And so, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, I it's, two, big... it's, it's unique perspectives too that, you know, cause for anyone listening to how you just justified that, that not decision, but you know, that idea, it sounds incredible. It sounds like a great idea. Um, my perspective is from a different position. And so it's like, Oh yeah, that kind of also makes a bit of sense too, which I think is just the nature, you know, that's how we've, we've figured out a lot of things in our business, isn't it? By how we find the middle ground. Yeah, that's right. And I think the biggest um, hurdle that you were bringing up was from a marketing perspective, which you, you mentioned more than once. And that was, um, yeah, you know, it's tricky. Yeah, it's only it's only that. I think the the practicality of of the of how it will all work for you guys up there is awesome. I'm just more thinking about how does it look to everyone else, and especially those who are not there. And how's it? How does it reflect on our brand? And who is yeah. this guy that he's going into business with? Did you guys feel a little bit jelly that I was going with somebody? No, actually, um, I took. Uh, like a day and I sat down with a really nice piece of paper and my favorite pen and I wrote a letter to Seth and I, I just, um, I wanted to share my condolences. And I, you know, I took time and I attached some photographs and I, you know, I, a few words of wisdom. I, we st- I stand with Seth. That was, you know, <laughs> I must admit, I got a bit jelly when you first started doing business with JT. <laughs> I did. did you? Yeah, well, I didn't oh. know. I didn't know him. <clears throat> I didn't know. I knew him, but I didn't know him like I know him now. You're not jealous now that you I know like, him, are you? <laughs> I fucking love that guy. Love him. Oh, that's um, so good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I was a little bit jelly. I'm not going to. I'm not going to look at him. I'm not jelly of, of Seth. I'm just. I just, like I said to you yesterday when we were talking, I won't be able to watch any of your posts without just wanting to be there. That's, I'm like fucking huge FOMO, just that part of it. Because I, I have, some of my best friends live up there and I love it up there. And um, I'm just, I'll just be FOMO the entire time. Um, but, you know, I'll probably be there twice a year. But if you were up here, you'd probably be looking at Sydney getting FOMO as well. I don't know. Oh, maybe for my family stuff. If there know. is a, like a, 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 a diagnosed illness of FOMO, you definitely have it. I think. You reckon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sister's got it worse. My sister Betty's got it way worse. <laughs> She's got it worse than me. Um, but like, it's going to be special up there. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it is gonna be fun, and it's um, like you know I I like this part that you're doing, which as you've been telling the tale, it's a struggle, you know. It's like every day there's a phone call from the council or from this or that something falls out, um, 
and it's just there's so many hurdles but for all the hurdles there's this one other one thing that comes through and the excitement gets jogged on again and i mean you get to create a new space it's like you've got a new canvas and you're starting from scratch and painting so that for me that's like super exciting and i i remember that energy when we were building the gym once before when we had the first space we had that opportunity and then working on films when you're on a new film um and yeah. you're reading the script and you're you know there's a certain energy with that which is Paulie, really cool Paulie, the only fucking lighting technician that ever read a script <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of us didn't even know what job it was Dude. back to front script read knew what scenes we were shooting that day you know that was the secret man if you actually knew what was going on in the story, there was a lot of things you actually could figure out that was going on that, on that shoot. <laughs> I, I, I believe you. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so <laughs> perpetually impressed that you, that you did that. <laughs> He's like, I read the book. I read the book. I think it was, um, <laughs> the Baz Luhrmann, the last Baz Luhrmann, the, the, um, Gatsby. Gatsby, Gatsby, great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. There was a day there before my wedding. I was like, I'm just going to stick with this guy the whole day. I'm going to fucking be like one step ahead of him. So <laughs> I saw his little shot list and the stuff is crossing out. And I was just hanging with him for about, I lasted about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck. It's too much. This dude's like not just ahead of every step the lighting department was making. He was a step ahead of camera. He was a step ahead of like fucking oh, assistant director I was not. At, and I was just like, oh dude, I can't keep up. I'm out. Trolley. It's like um it's like they talk about the deep state, you know, the the cabal of the elite that are yes. actually controlling the world. Paulie's the deep state of the film crew. <laughs> yeah. The director actually you from him. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. But Moses did my brother Moses, he gamified it for me. Once it was a game it was, I was just playing a game every day. It pretty much was how you play footy. Actually. Yeah, it was just a game. You're just trying to see the plays ahead and you were yeah. trying to never drop the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, I'll yeah. never let them catch me. I was a consistent ball <laughs> dropper. Probably the only thing I was consistent with in the film industry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, well, like, if I, I, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's, it's there's a game up there that you're playing right now. That's it's a game. It's, it's yeah. exciting. And, and the, it's unpredictable right now. And that's a, that's a fun place to be in. Um, yeah. You know, there, there was a, there was a actually talking about like the, the, the build, the, build. And, and that other, the, all the stuff that you tend to not talk about. I, there was a, a point there where I had, we had 13 people at my, my home. We were deep in this build. Um, I had no DA. Um, the Northern Rivers had just locked down. My wife was like on the on the brink. She was putting up with me. My kids were homeschooling in that house. Um, and then uh, Seth called up that day, and something absolutely terrible and very um, traumatic happened with him and his family. And it was, you know, the kind of thing where you think, okay, was a was the worst thing that can happen, you know. It was one of those, and um, he wasn't. He was 
you know, talking about, okay, I think, I, I, you know, there's a chance I'm not going to be able to go through with this build. And, and then um, we had, uh, we had um, everything that was happening with the Alliance. I had um, the guys from Aviosoft call us up and, and talk about, okay, we need more money, which we didn't have. And then we had on our end, um, this transition that we we're going to make into Waterfire Paul had, was losing his um, not trust in the in the in the platform, but it was he wanted more proof that it was even capable of producing an income for us because we're putting a lot of money into it. And when I say platform, I mean the expansion of of our brand and the, the system that the back end system is literally going to run all of our of our Jungle Alliance gyms. And so that was all on hold and uh, then my location felt like it had fallen through. And then I get a call from my father-in-law um, who just tells me that, hey, T, you got to give me a call. So I give him a call and he's like, oh, your mum's just had a heart attack. And off the back of that, uh, this a brain aneurysm. So, and I'm very close with my mum. She did, a, um, I would say, she was a single mother, you know. And we're, we're like best buddies. So she's gone down with this uh, brain aneurysm. And then my wife calls me up and said, hey, look, the neighbours have complained, they've come over and they're losing their shit over, these holes getting drilled. And um, at that point, I was just like, everything was just like caving in <laughs> from every angle. And then that, that uppercut that I was talking to Pavel about receiving... Um, was, you know, me finding out that my mother, who's very vocal and she, she's, she's, you know, she's an academic and she has some amazing conversations, can, can no longer, she's lost her ability to, to talk, you know, and, and, and uh, exchange. Um, and it was kind of, yeah, it was, kinda, it was surreal until I had to sit down. And when I, it wasn't until I sat down and talked to her and realised, okay, it's not just talking to someone and they can write stuff on paper and, show you what they're talking about. It's actually, there's this, it's like someone has grabbed your vocabulary and just pulled it out of your head. And so when someone's talking to you, you're only picking up bits of the conversation. When you're trying to talk back, you can only say bits back. It's, it's extremely, it's like kind of when you're learning a language for the first time and you've got a few words and the rest is just kind of jarble. And she's dropped down to like 41 kilos, the heart swollen and yeah, it was, and at that point, I just I had to go for a drive and just find a bit of grass on the side on the side of the road, and I just laid there. But it's laid in the grass, and I was just like, "Hey, I gotta like just lie here for a bit and just have a little breather, <laughs> and then and then just collect my thoughts, and and then you know head home and talk with the neighbours and." talk with everyone at the house and get a new strategy together and all of that. But there was definitely this, this apex of pressure that I don't think I've I, I felt um, before. And it was because of the, the, um, the, the personal pressure that comes from mm. family and people that you love, you know, you tend to overlook those, those things and always something that kind of pops up. And that, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was, that was a shit day and I spoke to, to Joe uh, that day and I just felt a little bit dead. And then I spoke to Paul and 
and then I, uh, that, I guess it was my safe space, and I started having a little blubber again, two cries in a matter of months. Yeah, yeah, man, that was um, I was feeling for you then. Um, I think I didn't, I didn't really speak to you till about five or six, six days after, um, you'd found out about Shanta and stuff. So you'd already spoken to quite a few people. So I think, um, I was just, I knew I couldn't do much for you and you'd probably be dealing with family and other people having lots of conversations. I'd spoken to people who had spoken to you. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, well, I wish I could just be up there and give you a big hug because there's nothing much I can say. And you, your, your hands were tied as well because of the COVID lockdown. At that point, you can, can actually go up there and see her. And Yeah, it's pretty yeah. surreal because she's like literally across the border one hour from me and throughout that whole process, like the hospital, uh, you know, coming out of hospital, the rehab, I can't, I can't get to. And I, and I actually don't, don't want to because it's all... Um, central and um, respiratory and I had all these people from Sydney that were at my house and this was before the lockdown but it doesn't matter you know COVID has been here for two years you know and I'm thinking I can't I can't go and see her unless I'm vaccinated so I need to get this fucking vax and it's impossible to get because it's all in Sydney and um, and then I couldn't cross the border anyway because we'd gone into like a snap lockdown um, yeah, it was surreal. I was just kind of like, all these pieces were in the right place and the gears were just starting to turn and then it's like the engine just fell apart. <laughs> fell out and the bottom on top of the that, I got a call from council and council came over and said, um, you need to stop building, we're going to fine you. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> just to top it off. So... I'll never stop. Yeah, it's interesting, you know. You're kind of like, all right, what do you what do you do at that point? You know, it's like, all right, well, you just got to kind of dust yourself off and and start again, you know. Um, thankfully, it wasn't it wasn't that like you know everything kind of got back on track and um and whatnot. But Tony came in, big tones, massive help, came in and put this um um profit and loss statement together. If you ever need a profit and loss statement, you got to speak to Tony. It was more than a P&L. That spreadsheet was a fucking... It's like the internet of spreadsheets. It was spectacular. <laughs> what do you ever, in that, in that process, like you got hit with some huge calls, your mum having a heart attack, your, uh, and you know, the associated aneurysm, the neighbors with, you know, the, the developing the, the council stuff that, you know, you were like, Oh fuck, I hope they don't catch wind of this. And they did like, at that point, do you ever think, fuck it, this isn't going to happen. Like my, oh. my house here, the gym idea, like I fucked it. Like this is, you know, go chick pick a new. No, 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 because if I was being sneaky about everything, it would be different, you know, but, but that the, the the, the shed was legitimately falling over. Something had to be done. And I said to council, I said, look, I have a moral obligation to put this shed into a position where it's structurally stable so it doesn't kill one of my kids because the, the outcome of one of my children dying far outweighs any kind of fine you guys can give me. <clears throat> and they're both dads. And they were like, yeah, yeah we understand, you know. Um, 
the gym, it, it ha- you know, you just got to, it would have been, okay, well, Seth is going back to the States and now we've got to keep looking, you know, and it's time to, and then, and, and looking harder and faster, I think, if anything, it would have just pushed things into another gear that I didn't think I had, you know. But no, I, I don't, you know what it's like, bro. I don't fuck what I can't, can't. There's a difference between quitting and losing. Losing is when you run out of options. You run out of options and you're like, oh, I fucking lost. You know, there's nothing else I can possibly do to keep pushing forward. Quitting is like, okay, I've got options, but I've had enough. That sounds mm-hmm. like it's straight out of a Stallone movie. Is that uh, just in some nineties movie? But it is, you know. At the end of the day, it's you know, always <laughs> a twenty twenty one movie, son. There's always there's options. Difference. That's beautiful. You know, and I'm four beers in, so I can come up with <laughs> way more cheesier shit well, than that. I did want to. I did want to say. <laughs> I did want to say, um, and you know, children's safety is is obviously a very serious matter, but. When T told me about how he walked the the council guys around his property, and he he quoted moral obligation, I just I just thought that was a stroke of genius. And I think always, that we should always. probably name this podcast and maybe Jungle Alliance. We should we should take the stand and say Jungle <laughs> Alliance. It's our moral obligation. To the people to, make this, to take over the fucking fitness industry. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like he guilted a couple of dads in. Beautiful the story. The part of the story bravo, bravo. Yet is how is how he sold <laughs> both of those council workers an upfront twelve month membership to a gym. That didn't exist yet. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That? I've been spreading the word everywhere. Like, yeah, we're open a gym. Early bed, early bed special. Right? I'm, I'm speaking to people in Mullum that are like, "Hey, when do you open the gym?" And as we were actually, we were down at um, down at Ocean Shores, and I, it was me, and Scotty, and um, and um, and Pablo, and we were like uh, training in, in the gym down at this gym. And this guy comes up out of nowhere, he's like a genie, just comes up like puff of smoke, and he's like, "Hey, um, what are you guys? Are you guys coaches?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're coaches. We're going to open a gym up here soon." He's like, "Oh, you should come and have a look at our place. Um, uh, you might be interested in running workshops in it." And we're like, oh, fantastic. Okay, so um, we'll go and have a look. And me and Scotty gave us the address. And me and Scotty drive up. And again, this beautiful driveway, huge open vistas. Uh, and we go into this, this, this place. And there's this, like, um, art studio that looks out over um, the Bayern Shire. And um, we walk in there. And it was actually uh, the guy who was painting in there was the Archibald Prize winner who's one of Australia's most famous uh, contemporary artists. And um, we're in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, check this out. Is it, how surreal is that? And Scotty's like looking around and we're both looking around. And, and then um, I start talking to him and I'm like, yeah, you know, I think I'm signing for lease in Ballina. And um, the guy that I know is a contemporary art dealer. And then I was like, hey, you're a contemporary artist. He's like, Man, I got to introduce you guys. And he's like, "Oh, that's fantastic! Let's have lunch at my house." So, <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, we're ordering, we're like organizing this party at these oh, houses with uh, Cupid. You know, all of these funny little interactions that have been happening, which are awesome, you know. But it's just about building connections, isn't it? Like, and not, not like connections, connections, but connecting with people, you know, relationships. This is Northern Rivers Instagram. It sounds like you've stumbled into a place that wants, you know, that wants what 
what you're offering and 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 people yeah. are like sniffing that out and they want to i mean i've had you know how many i've forwarded a few people your contact who've been like oh i heard you guys are up here like get me in touch with with whoever like i want to i want to know about it um, yeah. and that's like holy shit that that wouldn't happen in sydney right if paul decided to open a gym in five dock we wouldn't have people reaching out and like i need to speak with the guy you know yeah it's in desperate need yeah up here. but to be honest i think i have a feeling that it, it would happen fucking anywhere i really do think that what we do is so unique and so unique and so awesome that we could go into any any anywhere and when people get it and i an inkling of us being there there will be a matter of interest. You know what I mean? It's like, so true. It is very true. Gonna, what are these guys <clears throat> going to do? And you, you know, uh, Simon Tukur, Tukur, Tukur. Yeah. Thakur. So, everywhere I went, everyone kept mentioning, oh yeah, I used to train across Simon. And I have I met Simon on the, on the monkey, um, fighting monkey workshop many years ago. Um, but I couldn't, I, I, I don't, didn't remember much of our interaction together. He spent a lot of time with you though, Paul. And um, every time I met someone, including this fellow, uh, Roberto, that showed me up to his house, they kept saying, oh, yeah, Simon is like, um, you know, he's my, my, my trainer, my coach. And then Seth was like, yes, yeah, so I'm training with Simon. And everywhere I went, I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like, because um, Simon's got the big beard and he, and he does movement and he does um, survival techniques. It's quite a spiritual. Yeah, like primitive, primitive skills and stuff, like primal skills, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's like a, he's a bit of ancestral, ancestral. Guru. yeah, ancestral guru, guru kind of thing. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe Simon's like taking me on this, like this. He's like planting the seeds for us to get established up here because I sat down with him, and he wants us here so he can find somewhere to to, to base his business within our space, you know. Oh, and great! Plus, he also said it. He said to me, "Look, I'm just really interested to see what the hell you guys do up here," you know. Like that's the curiosity thing for him is, is a big thing. And, and, um, and I was like, I caught him. I was like, bro, every time I speak to someone, they, they know you, are you like planning these people to come and talk <laughs> to me? Of you. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm giving you all my contacts so you can make heaps of money out of them and take, take my business and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so it's not it's not what it, it wasn't the spiritual path that I'm supposed to be following. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend! But hopefully, he comes to Ballina and starts training with us. Where does he so, live? He's in Mull. Uh, he's between Mullum mm. and uh, and Byron. Mm. But he's a fucking good guy. I, I really like that chap. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a really nice guy and a smart guy. Smart um, guy. Yeah. He's fit, he's strong, Insightful. got his purple belt. Yep. But, but he he knows Dave Brooksbank pretty well. What do you know, Dave Brooksbank? Did they spend time together as well? Yeah, I think um, uh, yeah. Simon and my old coach, Dan, who is Dave's old coach, or mm -hmm, Dave's mm -hmm. coach, I think they've spent a lot of time together on these camping, like ancestral retreats kind of thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Because Dan, Dan lives on, on the land and he's really into bushcraft and stuff. So I'm sure, and you know, and so they have these events where it's like, come along. If you've got some kind of skill set you want to contribute, you can contribute. It goes for as long as it goes for, like days, weeks, I don't know. Um, and so I'm pretty sure Dave would have, you know, met up with Simon. Yes, yep, yep. 
Yeah, uh, I think that it sounds like there's a, a need for it. But yeah, T's right. There's lots of places in need for what we do, even inside of Sydney. I mean, just this past week, I've had, you know, a handful of conversations about people who are like, what you do is very unique and, you know, we wish we had it in our area, you know, and um, yeah, it's, it, it, it has become clearer and clearer to me over time. And, you know, you get stuck in your bubble too, but when you speak to someone outside of your bubble, you realize that there's whole patches of Sydney that doesn't have anything that remotely looks like what we offer. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just that unique blend of the actual training paired with the community and then the worldview. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I really think that we're doing, we're on the good, we're on the righteous path, bro. Most righteous. Even, most righteous man, even in five doc. Dude, five, five docs doc. needs one bad. All of the five docs. All of the five docs. They sure do. Yeah. No, I'll be keen to, to get up there. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very good point though. You, you know, like for a city like ours that is saturated with gyms, you cruise through parts of it and you're like, I mean, you've got a lot of fitness places going on here, but they're all the same shit. They're all doing the same thing. Like there's nothing here that's doing something that you can really sink your teeth into. Yeah. Mm. And also I think what, what, this is the other thing that I'm, I'm excited about, about being here. Um, in Ballina, next to this, this climbing gym, the whole northern rivers has potential for, for a jungle alliance. And each one, like the fact that our, our, um, our ethos, our brand is so uh, dynamic, we can, we can adapt and adjust depending on the environment. We do that with our, with our gym in Botany. We have, you know, the home of uh, Bulletproof is, is in there working uh, next to weightlifters and uh, Olympic lifters and um, we got our, our stretch and our body weight and all of that kind of stuff. And the, but the, the fundamental that foundation is going to work just as well here next to a climbing gym. Uh, and if we open in in Mullum, it's going to be uh, or around that area something more intimate that's more interactive with nature and the environment there, and probably a softer a softer gym than what botany is and what we're going to have here because that's what the, the people there uh, are attracted to those areas of our brand that are still in uh, like they're, they're still prevalent in in botany they'll still be here but there'll just be a greater emphasis on those areas in in Malum, you know and that might be that might be more more of uh, the breathing meditation stretch body weight you know then you move forward further up the Gold Coast and there's just going to be more heavy lifting, you know? Yeah, the needs are different from place to place. Yeah. Benches. And, and Benches. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of getting this fucking cookie cutter where you're just like popping out the same, the same cookie cutter mold for the same area, no matter where you go, like an F45 or a McDonald's or something like that, each one will be unique, slightly different but we'll still have those underlying values that every single jungle alliance has, which is directly relative to what we have in botany, you know? Yeah. And I, I think further to that, what, what we're seeing like at jungle botany now, our, our original gym is that with the change of uh, the leadership there, right. From, from the three of us to now 
Paul and Dylan and that, you know, and then new, new head coaches have started to program certain classes and whatnot. You see that the program evolves again, because it starts to reflect the, the interests of the people who are at the helm. And, that, and that's really important, right? Because people, they bring new interest. They bring, they highlight certain areas that perhaps once weren't highlighted. Um, and more importantly, it, it, it gives them great energy to be coaching something that they have this input in and this passion behind. So they're like, okay, cool. This is what it was. Yeah, sick. I want to add this because I think that'll be really complimentary. So you get like at each unique location at each, you know, Alliance gym, you will have this reflection of the individuals who lead that place. Absolutely. In the programming and in the, the build of the place and in the social events and all those things. It's not, it's not, Hey, you got to, yeah, you got to run this rigid system that you've got no influence over. That's right. And, and in the process, you are accelerating the evolution of, of that particular area of focus, like that, that thing that you're really good at, the stuff that you're very passionate at, you, you accelerate the, the evolution of that, you know, and that can be handed over to the next person who, who doesn't have as much passion in those areas, but wants the best material and, and the most up-to-date systems that they can apply with their coaches in their gym. And this is uh, that ongoing evolutionary effect that, if you don't get in, involved with and allow it to happen and don't be so hooked up on trying to control it, uh, that, that process, that evolutionary process starts to create a more, um, you know, a, 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 just a better, a better product, you know, a, a more supreme product or, or training system, you know, and that's, that's what we want. And obviously there has to be a level of quality control and that's, eventually the role that we'll play you know we'll, we'll be just there making sure that there's quality in every step of the way that's filming the sound uh, visuals uh, on anyone shooting anything or posting anything and then obviously helping with how people build their gyms and then with uh, the the um the level of education that that person is bringing forward and everything you know we're just constantly aiming for better quality indefinitely forever yeah well that i mean that uh evolving methodology is really is central to the values of the brand isn't it it's like we we said that from the beginning that and we talk about every time we podcast about our program it's like in the beginning we thought that we could just get a bunch of like 12 months worth of programming down and then we could just repeat that year after year but we soon realized that every year the programming changes because our interests change and our awareness changes and our edu you know, our level of experience and education changes. So we, we, you have different interpretations of things and you want to try different things. And um, that's the beauty of it is that all of those different allies that are doing their own little evolutionary process can then feed back into this global sort of. Um, we can share. Center. Yeah. <clears throat> and the tribe, the, the, the people have evolving needs as well. And with all those issues, we can solve them together. So you might have the answer for what I'm experiencing yes. now. It's a great point, and isn't it? Like think about, think about all the shit you guys are doing at Botany now, Paul, with, with the lockdown and how different, I mean, not how different, but 
maybe in how you perceive it in your mind about handling the lockdown this time versus last time. Mm. Just like, you're like, yep, this is, I know these things have to be done. And mm. then because you have a system around things that you, mm. that we tried out last time, that mm. gives you mental space to then go, you know what? I think we also want to start to add these in. So you can see like mm. the way that the, the gym is handling the lockdown this time mm. is it's fucking way better because you guys have just mm. got, like you've got your shit together and you've come up with new ideas and it's just getting better and better. Um, mm. That's a really simple example of like, you've now got this information that you could share. You've got some other young gym owner that's opened a place and it's their first lockdown. You go, man, check it out. We've got a whole system for you. Run with this and, you know, mm. and adapt it to your mm -hmm. needs. Mm -hmm. Hello, yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, Bubbles just arrived at the gym. <laughs> Is, Is he coming in? On the show and say hi. <laughs> he got himself a, a, a new vehicle actually oh he sold was it the forester he had he sold forester he's got himself a, a luxurious um hilux iload which is very plush hyundai iload hyundai iload yeah i was thinking hilux iload that's some sick brand code but yeah we're very excited <laughs> I need one of these. I don't know if he's crossing 13 <laughs> creeks though to get to your house in Milad. <laughs> I'm like, need a higher chassis, bro. Yeah. Add, add some extra suspension on there. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's rainy season. Yes. But yeah, it's, I mean, I, I even, it's been, I'm so used to working with the two of you now. I'm, I thought, okay, I'm coming up here and I'm going to be working alone. It hasn't been the case at all, you know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm with Pavel every day. He's living with me at the moment, and um, this is a whole new perspective on, you know, on business development and building this gym, and and a lot of the stuff is like, oh, okay. It's very easy to get into this habit of like, oh, I've already been there, and I know the answer, and it's easy to interrupt and say, oh, yeah, no, we've got the answer for that, but. To, to, to keep, to, just to be silent and let that individual come up with something new and a different perspective and a different take to what has already transpired um, prior is like uh, all of these new ideas that are coming through from, from this guy has been, you know, it's been great. It's a breath, breath of fresh air. And again, new information, new techniques, new styles of doing things and, um, you know, Andy's the same. These guys want to build their own gym and they're just, just got a lot of energy behind them. <clears throat> and it's feeding me, you know. Um, to, I'm really excited to see what the next steps are after this because it's almost like these guys just want, want me to get this over and done with so they can, <laughs> they can do their thing, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, this step just has to take place and then, and then it's my time, you know. It's my time. My time. <laughs> and Amanda Nunez is still the fucking champ. So what's up? Unbelievable. <laughs> She's gonna be like seventy and still holding that crown. <laughs> Did she fight? Around. Did she just fight? You saying? I don't think she's had a fight for a while, no. actually. No. My time. Did you see Anderson Silva and Tito? Oh, sorry to cut back again. Tito, yeah, Tito and Silva fought yesterday. I think they fought yesterday. Boxing. In a boxing match. In a boxing match. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anderson knocked him out in 81 seconds. 
Oh, oh no. Oh, it was good. Sleeping. Oh. It was. Oh, why did he do that? Why would you do that? Why would but you no, the on? more, the, the worst one was the fight after that, right, Paulie? I don't know what was the next one. The one after that was Vitor Belfort and Evander Holyfield. Oh, my God. Oh. Evander Holyfield is almost 60 years old, and Vitor just fucking creamed him in about, it was a minute or something. It was, oh, I did not yeah, say that. It was awful because oh. Vitor's is obviously pumping that fucking acai again. He looks like, <laughs> he looks like 25 and Evander looks like he's a grandfather. And there's no and, testing. Um, yeah, there's no testing. It was, it was like, like Tito oh, and, Anderson same, and Sylvia, like, oh, that's, you know, whatever. If Tito wants to go there. But, oh, um, God. Yeah, Vitor Holyfield is heavy. Did he switch oh, his lights off? Did he switch his lights off? Was it uh, ugly? Um, yes, he did. He not, he... He, yeah, he knocked him down and they kind of switched off momentarily. He had that look like, where the fuck oh, am I? Damn. And he got back up and he's like, yeah, I'm good. And then he, and then he finished it. Damn it. Yeah. It's not good. That is not good. I would not want to say that. Anyway. Uh, everyone's jumping on the Tyson versus, uh, what's he wearing, bandwagon? Well, Tyson's given, yeah, he's given a new lease on boxing career to all of these ex-fighters who blew all their cash in their heyday. I mean, that was some of the criticism I saw about Holyfield. It was like, this should be a lesson in how to manage your finances when you are at your peak because you don't want to have to take money fights when you're fucking nearly 70 years old popping oh. concussions as a result of it, you know? Oh, no, you don't recover from that. But the other side of it is that people are like, he's a grown man, let him do whatever the fuck he wants. And there's, you know, there's a part of you that sort of agrees. You're like, yeah, I, I guess. If that's what someone wants to do, right? Mm. Uh, if, you know, oh. if people want to spectate the fight. Anyway, back to the alliance piece. Um, <laughs> we, should, we should probably wrap it pretty soon. But what? Um, yep. What do? What are the next steps? You've mentioned, obviously, Pavel Walshy. You're sitting in your gym right now. It's not a gym yet, but you've got it. You signed the lease. Where are we at? What is happening over the next few months? What can people expect to see by the end of the year? Okay, so. We've hit, we've hit base camp and we're going for the summit climb now. So from here on in, it is gym build. Um, this is where I called um, Joe and Paul relentlessly at all hours of the day saying, help, I need fucking website, help, I need content, help, I need fucking, I need programming, help, I need, I need staff, send some fucking staff up here, all of that. I need TikTok. So, <laughs> I open up a Facebook page. No. Okay, so all right. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, it's social media. It's um, it's it's website. Uh, the gym itself is floor. Uh, I just need a rig uh, to do, you know, to hang our shit off, and and that's like baseline for me. I can soft open on that, um, and they're going to get the word out. But most importantly, I need uh, our platform up and running, and or our junk, the jungle app, because this is our men, member management system where I put everyone's details in and that charges them a direct debit and uh, our programming is in there. And it's literally the backbone of a gym business is, uh, 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 but obviously our system allows me to communicate with you guys and body because right now, all I want to focus on is getting members in the gym, uh, making sure they're tended to, but I want, I want good quality programming. I want that from Botany, you know, because I know you guys come up with new stuff as well. Um, and I, I don't want to have to worry about that. 
um, and and then I want to be able to catch mm -hmm. people's details. I want them to have a good user experience with the sign-up process, and mm -hmm. and then I, I want to be able to do deliver <clears throat> a fucking top quality class to these individuals here in Ballina, and then obviously throughout the Northern Rivers because uh, people always talk about what is the uh, the um, la, uh, first impressions, first impressions last. last. Yeah. So, so you know that first impression, that first class that someone has, especially in, in an area like this where it's not a huge Word. population and everyone talks. Like someone's going to come in and it's going to be this big hype. Hey, the new gym. Someone comes in, you know, it's shit. Uh, or they come in and they go, man, that place is fucking pumping. It's sick. I feel great. My shoulder's already feeling like it's stronger and, you know, loving the training. That guy probably was an awesome coach, really lovely guy. Uh, and, you know, the sign-up process is smooth and the transaction and all of that stuff, all the stuff that people tend to overlook. The only time things that go, the, the, the only time people bring attention to the, the digital side of a business, which is like uh, your, your accounting and the zero and all of the stuff, the back-end stuff that everyone kind of overlooks at emails is when it doesn't work. Or when it when it fucks Bastards. up. Oh, hey, you charged me twice, or hey, that that bounce it didn't <laughs> work, and try it again, or um, hey, you know, my membership should have cancelled and it hasn't. Like all of those, those that that's the only time people generally pay any attention to what we perceive as uh, you know, obviously the backbone of the business. So right now we're in this process where we 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 want to get our our um our member management system and the and what binds the jungle alliance our application ready for for my gym so the process is that we get everyone and botany onto it and with that process it takes all the bugs out of the system um and then i'll be our first um first alliance member and um all we'll be focusing on is having this beautiful space with amazing coaches to um welcome the local community and and run jungle brother or, or jungle lions programming you know mate i'm pumped for that um you just let us know what you need oh he's letting us We're, know. he's letting us know we'll be on the mission <laughs> we're on the mission to get it get it fucking silky smooth i mean what this is I, i'd like to see you Sorry, well, probably. we'll have no. The software will be, we'll have that ready for you, um, about the same time as you get your website ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a race. <laughs> to give a bit, a bit more clarity to folks too, this is like what T's doing is essentially like a test case. Well, not a test case, <clears> but <throat> it's a, it's, a, it's allowing us to, to, to test run everything we need to do for the alliance and for a potential um uh, ally that would open a gym under the jungle alliance so they go hey i fucking love this thing i want to open my own place and we go matt jump in our piece of software it's going to run your gym for you and it's also going to give you all the education you know and need to become an awesome gym operator and build an amazing community Got the programming built in etc cetera, etc cetera. um and so all of those little things right website how to how to do a good job of social media how to fucking set up like payment systems and whatnot it's all in there and this is all stuff that that we didn't think of when we opened the gym we were just concerned on about running classes and this is the thing is that 
you open a gym because you want to run epic. You want to do really good training. You want to help people. You want to make an yeah. impact. You're not thinking about, oh, what's the best payment system for me to use? How do I run my business? Yeah, how do I upskill coaches? Yeah. Or how do I even create coaches? And, and one day, how do I not coach everything? So it's like yeah. we're building that so that this young gym owner can just have all of the chances of success. Yeah. I just, oh, you go ahead. It's not like, uh, you know, there's, you know, it's not like anyone can just jump on. Like, obviously, we have people that come through our memberships and the coaches that are already coaching in, in, um, in botany. And then we've got our coaches uh, intensive. Um, so th there's, um, there's all of that too. But the, the, once we have um, that candidate, that, that perfect gym owner, it's like putting a sword in their hands that's like on fire. Oh, I like <laughs> They're that. just slaying. <laughs> slaying. Dismembering yeah. fools. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's just that, that, that tool that we always wish we had <laughs> when we opened our gym. Um, it's going to be such a pleasure to be able to give that to someone else and just say, look, that's all the mistakes that we've made in our life are in there so you don't have to make them. Yeah, I I just thought of like a good uh, marketing ploy for UT, and maybe it's something for like uh, a reality show, Endemol Shine, for one of those companies we used to work for, Joe, where it's like um you know the block something like that, but it's like the block for jungle <laughs> gym members. The cameras are gonna follow you during your build. People are gonna watch your whole journey. <laughs> and then what? And will he gets pitted against like does he get pitted against another gym that would be sick yeah there's two gyms going at the same time we come in and, and next door to each other yeah we we come in and criticize a little bit or or point out the obvious <laughs> you know like oh okay like how many car spots though yeah like that <laughs> i'll get a film crew up there in a week oh, ready, ready to follow you man your story is the one how long oh, do you God. think until people can come and train at Jungle Ballina? We're looking oh, at uh, four to six weeks. Four to six weeks. All right. Four, four to six weeks. weeks. And, and we're going to be, the, the address is 28 Smith Drive. Here he goes. Ballina. 28 we're Smith. Here, we're just going to be like washing walls down and uh, rigging stuff and doing stuff. But if you're in the area, I know there's plenty of people up here that I haven't seen yet. Just come in and distract me from doing work and have a chat. <laughs> have a chat. Really say, we'll call it a business meeting. We'll claim it. <laughs> 28 Smith Drive, West Ballina. I'm Googling it now. And when if you want to coach our, with us, when come does, and have a chat. Come have a chat with me. When does the Alliance, when is the Alliance open for business? When do we have a platform, a digital platform that someone can take a look at? Mate, that's a, a question for Paul. Give me an, give me an ETA Paul. on that. Sorry, what was the question? Well, when we, does the Jungle I, I, Alliance I, I, have a working piece of software that people can look at? We had, we had three milestones to hit this year. We wrote them on the, on the whiteboard at the start of the year. The first one was for Botany, Jungle Botany, to hit 200 members. And we were so close to that happening, and then we went into lockdown. And that awesome. happened. It went from, we were stuck at like 170 for ages and as soon as me and Joe left, all of a sudden it bumped up to like 
190. There's no collab, co- like co- <laughs> collision with that. <laughs> Pure coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> sales, and all of a sudden, the, the numbers went up. <laughs> you guys are on like two. What was it? 190 or something? You hit 180 something. Something like that. We were on our way. It, on it was, yeah. We we, was we thank you for that boost. <laughs> <laughs> so. It would be safe to say that Jim probably would hit that. And it's not too late. You never know. We might come out of lockdown before Christmas and we might hit that milestone. But even if we don't, you know, we've still got our second milestone, which was to get off Waterfy and to get all of our members onto our own system, our own back-end system um, that we've built over the last year. It's been a year and a half. We've spent a lot of money, huge amount of time, had heaps of arguments, well, not arguments, but debates over building this thing. And now it's coming to a head. And and we have, well, for us to get a minimum viable product up and running for my gym to safely use this system with no bugs, Paul has to put every member from our gym onto this system or transport them off waterfront onto our system. Um, and that's around the 160 or 70 mark. How long? Uh, and KG in um, from ABSoft guys that are building this system have told me that it needs to happen in a week for me to get it in a, to, for me to get the minimum viable product in a month. So that was the, the conversation that me and Paul had. And I guess the question is: Is it possible, Paul? Can you deliver? You're gamifying for this. You're gamifying it for me, you bastard. <laughs> I mean, Moses said you could, so just asking you. That's right. Big job. Babe, I know we're on holiday, but this is like game seven and this is clutch time, babe. I've got to work. <laughs> You've just gone on holiday. That's the first yeah. holiday you've had in two years with your wife. And like we're lockdown. We're at home. We're at home. Yeah, no. <clears throat> We're gonna come damn close. We're gonna we're gonna probably have to exploit the the four to six range, the kind of middle to back end of that range, um, and not from um, any lack of effort or want from our part. But it's just literally picking up the phone and calling people is going to take time. You know, um, with that many people, um, there'll be a lot of missed calls and call you back and I'll grab my card. Let's do it tomorrow. So, yeah, we're going to do it. We got Joey. We recruited Joey. We dragged him back into the ranks. Um, we got a few other mem- the coaches that are all going to help. We've got a meeting tomorrow, and we're just going to go ahead and, and swing a, a flamey sword at the task. Chop away. That is fantastic. Mm. How amazing is that? So you'll have uh, – and obviously you've got your secret weapon, which is Dylan Butcher. DB is coordinating the whole thing. Um, he he's still on the meeting tomorrow. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's working now while I'm drinking with you guys. First time drinking on a podcast. I got my secret weapon up here. <laughs> I got Pavel. Pavel Sideski. Joe's I got still haven't found a fault in this guy. <laughs> I've been living with him for three I'm months. I'm my fucking secret weapon. <laughs> I'm a one-man <laughs> army over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't found a fault in Pavel. I thought I'd, uh, the only fault mm. I could find with him is peanut butter. Is that only, is, 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 that's peanut it. butter. Well, a lot. 
Like oh. I'm talking, you know, the big wedding album. Like there's something not right about this guy. <laughs> the big Mavis Charles probably goes through one of them a week on his own. Wow. That was like and him and it. Betsy. Betsy used to do that too, didn't he? No, no there's something there, bro. There's, there's no booze. There's, it's bed on like 9, 30, 9 o'clock every night, training 5 a.m. in the morning, no matter what. And then just powering through the day, ticking boxes. Uh, this guy is, he's, he's, there's no kinks in the armor. He's going to get a girlfriend. It's all going to go out the window. <laughs> all going to be fucked well, up. Well, he has one. And she's she's actually, well, oh uh, yeah. I I mean, she is. She's Dang. just she's an she's an early bird like him. So there's nothing's gonna nothing's gonna keep him up. What a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amazing. It's a guy's impressive character, as is Dylan yeah. Butcher. Yeah, and or you know we got this wave. Young, impressive characters coming through, which is great because we need someone to replace you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks can be expecting your gym by the time this comes out. Well, this will, this will come out in a few weeks. I'm so what are we mid September? So, people will be looking at mid October to early mid October to early November to be able to train at Jungle Ballina. And they should be, and that means they'll be able to look at Jungle Alliance, what it offers, and this associated piece of software at around the same time. Yes. That's fucking awesome. This will come out in a couple of weeks, so that will only be weeks away from by the time folks are hearing this. This is like five years of building up to a catharsis like this. Potentially longer. This is potentially... So this is from day one, us talking about doing something oh, like this. this. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite surreal. I think we've got to do another episode soon where we spend the time on, we've brought them up to date and now we've got to take them through the future journey, which is what the, what the steps are from here forward. Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go now? Yeah. Boys, i got to go. I think it's a great spot to wrap it up on. It's been an epic journey, yeah, folks. Um, I've run out of beer and whiskey. I need to go for another piece, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time we've had a drink on the podcast. First time. I, can get I mean, to you it. know, I'm just, yeah, a couple of drinks to keep me company here this Arvo. Gents, thank you. T, it's good to have you on. It's been too it long that, since you've been on the podcast. And uh, like we've spoken about in, in the last week, we want to make it more of a regular thing. Um, so for listeners, you can expect to hear from T more regularly. We're not sure how yes. regularly, but more I, regularly. I, I, I missed it. Yeah, Matt, I've missed you too on the potty. Um, we'll just work it out. We'll, um, we'll get you a little spot there. It, I mean, we're going to have to carry on for some time. Um, we'll end up. You've got a big space like, there. Uh, remember a triple M was a Guido. Guido yes. Give me the kick to the side of the head, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Just pop up every now and then randomly. <laughs> kick the listeners in the ear and then just piss off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm looking forward to it. It's good. We'll keep everyone up to date. Uh, miss you guys. Love you all. And um, yeah, I'll let's get together. And before 
yeah, within like a, a month's time from now, I think it'd be good. Four weeks. Or a couple um, of weeks. What do you think? Um, Four weeks. All right, let's do it. It's a day. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. I'll book you in. But yeah, at least maybe two weeks is good. But, but I will speak to you like next week though, T. Because we're going to yeah, talk we weekly from now on. We're going to talk more. Yeah, yeah, for the listeners, bastard. we'll do a little check-in on how the subplot <laughs> between Paul and T's playing out, bring you guys up to date. Stay tuned for more next time. I'm swinging. I'm swinging. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Thanks, boys. Good, 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 good to talk to you. All right, boys. Thanks, everyone, Thank for listening. Love you guys. Bye. Uh, Love you guys. We'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks, boys. Love y'all. All right. Peace. Peace. Bye.